You are about to opt in to Mineratopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, voting accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Right. Hello! <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Cheerio. Running like maniacs this morning, but we have a new setup. Yes, so hopefully set cameras and setup. A, I mean, yeah, a lot of balls. Yeah. A lot of balls. I don't know about a lot of balls. <laughs> Lots of things. In <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully everything is working out. We got a new setup. And, uh, I'm loving the screen. Yeah. Which, so oh. we, we have to look at the camera though. Yeah. So the camera is here. I have a screen here that I'm running everything. And then obviously then there's the Apple computer. So Make the little pictures. people can watch. <laughs> and, and the mural. And the which mural, which is actually, oh yeah, I told them to kind of, uh, it's on the way, right? Yeah. It's on the way. I mean, I didn't have a chance to check the chat this morning, but I believe when is it he is picking it up today. Oh, he's picking it up I today. I think, I think. Don't get too excited. He should, uh, Join us on the show. I told him, but <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had a chance to like check the chat, so I'm assuming. So, so yes, yeah, so those of you that don't know what we're talking about, I had a, a Monero mural painted like two, over two years ago now. Yeah, my at the Miami conference. Before Miami Monero, it was at the yeah at the shitcoin conference down the block from the Bitcoin conference. We did a Monerotopia episode there, and somebody there were artists there painting murals, crypto related, and I hired commissioned. An artist to make a Monerotopia themed mural and they painted it in the background. And then we just never figured out how to get the thing home because it was so big. So it like sat in this artist's storage facility for a year. Then and then was, we, we brought, brought it out. out to, it's yeah. kind of part of the reason we did Monerotopia in Miami because we we're like, well, the mural's down there. <laughs> uh, it became the background for our event in Miami. But then after Miami, once again, we didn't know how to move it so yeah so we had set storage in which we paid for many many months and then last show i put it out there i was like we gotta get you know we need somebody to help us uh, move this mural um you know about to pay some private company to ship it i'm like unless somebody wants a thousand dollars worth of monero and sure enough right after we got a person somebody hit us up uh they said they they love monero they own an orange monero colored truck (laughs) and they are picking it up and they're going to drive it to New York. They're going to drive to New York. Can't yeah. wait to meet the guy. Oh, he wrote, uh, uh, today at 11 o'clock, 100 miles out from Miami, but we can still, oh, this is the person. He, so he's almost in Miami. Okay. Kind Amazing. of. He goes, yeah. Um, yeah, today or tomorrow. The Monero community, guys. We could do anything. Global network. Put it to work. Put it to work. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. It's great. So nice. Yeah, it is. But we have to look at the camera. I keep looking oh, yeah. at the screen. I know. That's what we got. That's fix. the problem. Okay. So that's the next problem that's, we're gonna. Well, fix. we gotta figure out how to put the screen. Obviously. Well, we can, but then I will be hidden because I'm short. Uh, so what else we got? Anybody who's listening in the chat? What happened to all our? We had some guests in here. Everybody, everybody, dish. They didn't like our story. <laughs> so like enough with that mural. <laughs> um, get the word out. We have Anon Shop today as a special guest. Please uh, 
tweet it out, share it. He'll be jumping on soon. If you're not familiar with Anon Shop, you will be by the end of the show. Fun um, times. But yeah, I guess do you want to talk about the conference? Yeah, let's quickly let's, let's have our clear. weekly update. Yep, there you go. So if you haven't bought your tickets yet, please do so now. Monerotopia 23 is in Mexico City, which I'm sure everyone has heard, but we're going to say it again. <laughs> a week of uh, May 5th to the 7th in uh, Mexico City. Uh, we're going to have a welcome party on the 5th. and on Cinco de Mayo. On Cinco de Mayo. Like, I know, but... On, and we yeah. know, but it happens to be on... Cinco de Mayo weekend. Cinco, so. so we're going to do like, a, yeah, uh, a nice little welcome party. Um, check-in process on, on the 5th. And then, yeah, talks and... Yeah, lots of talks, sixth and seventh. So lots of talks. <laughs> we we got to figure it out. So we're gonna have a the privacy the privacy loft. That's where these other privacy tech projects are gonna be. Um, so we have Xano, we have Firo, we have uh, who else we got? We got we Nim Particle. We have we got Nim. Nim. Yep. We have Session. We have Session. Yeah, Oxen Session. Yep. Uh, I mean, this, this is amazing. This is fantastic. So yeah. they're going to be there. They're going to give talks on the – each of those projects will give a talk on the second day. Uh, some of them are giving – will be part of other panels. Uh, so that's very cool. That's going to be the privacy loft, and they'll be hanging, you know, stationed there so people can go and interact with them. Although I don't know if they're going to sit there the whole time. But yeah, probably that, not. I know usually when they're, they're like, talks. do we have to sit there all day uh, long? It's not like this huge, vast conference, guys. This isn't like, you know, thousands – uh, all the talks are going to take place in the dome, and we have a ton of speakers. Uh, we didn't put them all up yet. They're slowly more, like, just finalizing details. Um, what else? Oh, and then we're adding a the entrance. adoption alley. Yeah, the adoption it. alley, we're so going to call in it. In addition <laughs> to the privacy loft, the speaker dome, there's going to be adoption alley where we're going to showcase uh, projects that are the Monero adoption, you know, like the wallet, take wallet. Everybody's kind of participating in different ways, so we want to showcase people in different ways. Uh, maybe we'd have Anon shop down there if they're going to come, for example. So anybody that's that's doing anything uh, Monero-related that's helping build out the uh, adoption of Monero, the actual use of Monero, like uh, Monero market, things like that. Uh, so we want to showcase the coin cards, right? We want to showcase them. They were uh, a sponsor for our first Monerotopia, so we want to showcase them there. Um, and then we're going to have a Monero marketplace, hopefully, that all comes together. <laughs> I guess they'll be part of <laughs> Adoption Alley, uh, where we'll have actual local vendors uh, Mexican vendor in Monero for the things that we saw. That's it. So buy your tickets. Buy your tickets today. Uh, yeah. Uh, general admission is still at 99, but we had to bring up the VIP tickets because it's filling up. It's filling up. And, Everybody's uh, buying the yeah, VIP, which is awesome. Yeah, we get it, which is great. But, but we don't have room at the uh, yeah, restaurant. So we're, we're, we're capping it soon. So, so there's you, like only a few of those left. Yeah, so we had to up the price. Everybody has to buy the, the general so, admission. Sorry for those that haven't bought it. I get it though, because if you're going to go down there, it's like, why not? Might as well just hang with the crowd. Because the speaker (laughs) dinner is going to be, it is going to be very cool. Yeah. Um, And then we also have the $25 local, 500 pesos. Yeah, depending on the day, but yeah, $25. That's for anybody living locally. Mexico City, Mexico. Um, We haven't figured out where the welcome party will be yet. Um, Lots of things to figure out, guys. Yeah, anyone that's interested in helping us out, please reach out. I was just reading an article today. There's the Bitcoin Embassy Bar in Mexico City, oh, yeah. and that's what the Decred guy. Yeah, was he, he was knows them. Us. So maybe we do the welcome party there. 
Like, maybe. You want to try to team up with them because maybe they could help get the word out locally, right? Anybody that's into crypto that lives locally in Mexico City, I would think, would know about the Bitcoin Embassy Bar. And I think I I was just reading about today. They have like a big screen in there that shows. It's not just obviously it's Bitcoin primarily, but I think they show like all the different cryptos on a big. So it's I think it's they're trying to be open to other cryptos as well. Um, so we want to maybe we should put our posters up over there. Yeah, we should contact them. Maybe they can help us get the word out locally. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. And maybe we'll do the welcome. I thought we'll do it there though. Right. Well, better. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I guess it's we wanted like to. I think just like is it, yeah, it's a beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, it's just like a, a, a little mini like beer garden. We'll see. we'll see. We'll see. But ooh, the suspense, guys. The suspense. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, did they add do the uh, the logos of the pr- projects yet? Not yet. No. Okay. He's well, on yeah, it. he's working on it. Okay. Yeah. It's you know a lot to juggle, but. Be Boating's been helping us out in a very big way with all of this. Uh, I don't think he realized what he was in for when he said he'd help <laughs> out with the website. And he initially, the first day, he he built an initial version, which was great. And then it's we're like, all right, well, there's going to be lots of little changes. You know, along lots of like, little yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, no problem. But I don't think you realize. Yeah, we, we change a lot because like ideas come every day. Conference it's constantly evolving. People think it's like, oh, so you're done. Like it never ends. No, it never ends. Never ends. The day of. And Literally it gets own. exponentially more difficult as you go because you're just dealing with people. It's very hard to, to having personal conversations, speakers to get to go and heads up. It does. But, but uh, yeah, but we're, we're, we're chugging through. We did it last year. We'll oh, do it again. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to talk okay. to. Yeah. That's why I had it there. Okay. I'm just waiting for you to finish your rant, you know, cause I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for those that don't know, uh, we have hotel accommodations. Like these are just suggestions on, uh, you know, uh, on hotels that you can stay at around the area. We we checked a few of them out. So, you know, we're just giving you our opinion, you know. These are all within walking distance. Yeah, Some not too are far. literally 10-minute walk. Um, there are a few that are three minutes, seven. Did he rearrange them? I believe so, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, some no, are he affordable. Did he did not. So it should be oh. um, the Hotel Casablanca. Is the the most affordable one? Is I the think. most yeah. is the most affordable, and it's right down the block. Yeah, yeah it's not so far. Be... Yeah, updated. Wow, it will. <laughs> but so uh, the Hotel Casablanca is the one that's closest, because no, because people are going to go to this and they're going to see that it, they, you click on the first one and it costs two hundred and fifty dollars to stay there. Well, um, you know, they're one through five. They'll probably go through all of them and then yeah, select so which we'll one they like the best. them because the Hotel Casablanca is like fifty dollars a night. Yeah, it's, it's and affordable. Like whole, and it's not. It's a nice hotel. It is nice. Bed, yeah. yeah, and Hotel Lisboa is also like fifty dollars a night. Uh, it's like a seven minute walk as opposed to a three minute walk and also probably even nicer than Casablanca a little bit, um, bigger. And then these other ones, the Ignacia, the Zoma boutique and the hotel, they're all boutique hotels. It's like super nice, like 200 So if you want to be like fat, we're staying in Miami, it would cost, I don't know, like $500, $600 yeah. for that. But it's like, if you spend 50 bucks a night or you could spend... Depending how yeah, fancy one, one you want to be. I mean, they're all nice though. Yeah. Like even the, the cheap one, mm-hmm. we walked in and the rooms were not, you know, they were small. Right. That's why but, that, that needs, yeah. it's essential that so, I guess. Check out Hotel Casablanca if you want a not so expensive hotel, but cute. So yeah, so they're all, uh, it's all the way at the bottom of the page. Uh, check them out whenever you have a chance. Um, unless you found a place. There are also Airbnbs. We're going to be staying at an Airbnb nearby. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to give you guys uh, a few hotels so you guys can check them out and figure out if you want to stay there. 
Um, other than that, I guess we'll just finish off with saying that if you're looking to be a speaker, sponsor, media partner, or vendor, just get in touch with us. Uh, email us at Moneratopia at protonmail.com. Um, yeah, and also if you want to volunteer, help out, the more the merrier. Um, you can get all the help we can get. Please um, email us if you can. Um, I guess other than that, uh, well, I guess we can just, uh, you have anything else? No, yeah, I'm just literally just messaging the guys to make sure they change that on the website right now. Yeah. Because I just don't want people to, like, they'll scroll down and they'll click, they'll see $200 a night. And they'll freak they're out. Like, but the then they're, all, you know, they'll the click through. Mexico City? I it was but cheap. then they'll continue to click on the other ones. No, there are no. five <laughs> people I don't think you like know. options. Uh, no, but people also like options. So. But anyways, yeah. Check out all the links, please, guys. <laughs> all the links. So Doug doesn't get that upset. <laughs> but uh, I guess other than that, uh, if you have anything else that no, you want to say, it, we'll move on, on to the price report. Oakley Doakley, my friends. Let's do it. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Aloha, body. Good morning. Hey, what's going Good on, Good morning, man? my friend. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing. Buenos <laughs> dias. Ooh. How's it going? Yeah, that's good. Relaxing, lovely Saturday morning. Yes, I can hear it in the background. What's, what's the weather like now? It's it's always beautiful weather here. It's been seventy degrees for like the last two. Wow, <laughs> I'm not jealous what at we're all. Doing in New York, I mean, I've been saying that forever. I know. Well, that's the other thing. We, we're talking to uh, I think what's the guy's name? Jellyfish. Jellyfish, yeah. Jellyfish. And he is a real estate developer, and he's developing properties in Mexico, and he's selling them for Monero. Oh, wow. So, yeah, well, we'll have him on, and we're trying to get him to come to the conference. He probably most likely will. He'll be part of Adoption Alley. Adoption Alley, which <laughs> Doug just figured out last night. <laughs> Man, that's but, awesome. I mean, that was, like, kind of a dream come down here. Yeah, that was a dream come true for me. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't own a place down there? You're just you're, uh, you're renting? Yeah, I'm renting an apartment for now. Narrow. Yeah, that's if I could cool. buy in Narrow, that would be amazing. Yeah. Right? Very enticing, and he. It's that we we had a nice conversation with them. I mean, obviously, I don't, I, I can't really vouch for the guy, but he seemed like very genuine and uh, and like he he knew what he was talking about and he was explaining the pro. They basically make it very simple for you as well, right? He's basically saying it's effectively simpler or easier with with crypto to do the the closeout, do the transaction. He's basically saying you, you need to create a corporation as a you know foreign national. Is the easiest way, and then you purchase the land under that, and then it's much easier to just you know uh, finalize the deal with a, a crypto transaction, uh, and, and, and note that in a contract versus using the bank. So it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that sounds cool. Looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, take it away. take it away, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the big news for the past week was the Federal Reserve meeting. On Wednesday, they raised 25 basis points, which is exactly what everyone expected. And with these meetings, it's we usually know what they're going to raise. So the more important thing is what they talk about. So Jay Powell didn't stand in the way. He um, he removed all of the severe language about COVID and the geopolitical this and that. And so once he started asking questions, I was kind of sitting there. So I told you guys last week I took some profit. Um, a big part of that was just to limit my risk. Uh, going into this meeting. And within about a minute or two of him starting to answer questions, I just smashed the market by button on everything. I just like, nope, it's 
this is good. He's, he's not going to stand in the way of the markets. We should go up from here. So I tweeted about that a little bit. Oh, you know, I always forget this part. If you're on Twitter spaces, I definitely recommend getting on YouTube. Uh, set your resolution to 720 and follow along with the charts. So, um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't dovish in this meeting, but the important thing is he wasn't hawkish. And they didn't increase their long-term target rate. There had been some rumors. Some Fed presidents had talked about that a couple weeks ago. Maybe they need to go higher than they thought. But they didn't talk about that at all. So the markets loved it. He just didn't get in the way. And so we'll talk about stock markets later. But they took off. Um, crypto is still just a little bit behind in that regard. Um, but not too bad. Uh, Monero, we'll start with Monero. So we're looking here at the daily chart. This is basically the entire bull market, uh, sorry, bear market. Um, we've broken the main resistance, and then we're still sitting here at like the final, the, the final boss resistance. I do expect that this will break soon enough, and in a lot of ways, I feel like we could have maybe already broken it. Um, you can see that we have kind of this nice trend line down here at the bottom that we've just been going up steadily. That should hold. I don't know why it wouldn't. Um, maybe we need to spend a little bit more. This bear market resistance and a break. So that'll be nice. Uh, that'll send us off to the races. Yet probably a lot of people have noticed that the ratio is, is not back as high as we would prefer it may. But we're at 007 numbers. Just so that people have a, a good perspective, it's been over three years with Bitcoin. That's 1,300 bars, right? So really going on. So overall, like you, you wouldn't be able to paint the picture and say that Monero is losing to anything, regardless of tether or what the market may people that might pump the market etc regardless of what they're doing we're holding our own and that's remarkable it's remarkable because monero doesn't get the cons do so the fact that we hold our own that's a really big so um we're basically just hanging out at these 007 life yeah here we go. okay so this is our local structure for the past year really and we've kind of broken down from and as we've talked about before rising wedges tend to break towards the downside we were hoping that we might be able to break towards the upside, but recognizing that we were probably near the bottom, going to have a turnaround and a, and a broad pump of crypto and stocks. We talked about how we would probably need to go sideways for a period of time. So this is nothing unexpected we find here. We can probably just eventually later this year, we'll have the opportunity to try and break out again. I have the divergences for anyone divergence. So you can see that as of late, we've kind of been on the negative side of this. Uh, Binance, Qcoin, and all these others, they've been pushing their prices lower than Kraken. So this was something I was a little bit concerned about. We talked about this a week or two ago, that they had spent so much time in positive divergences. I was wondering if that might reverse, if they might try and sell some of that back on the market. And I think that's basically what happened. I'm pretty sure they're getting close to being out. So right now we're looking at a four-hour look-back period. Right, so this is sort of a rolling four-hour price divergence of Monero on these different exchanges relative to Kraken. This is the 10-day look-back time frame. So it gives us a much broader picture of what's happening. And I see here that since, since right around the New Year's, Binance, in particular Binance, right, they're the largest exchange, so they're most important. You can see that um, they've basically been in positive price divergences the entire time. And this last little bit right here where they're getting back to the zero point, in reality, on the short time frames, that's them diverging prices to the downside. So it looks to me like they're almost out of their ability to try and sell any excess Monero onto the market. And 
so because of that, I do think we're pretty close to a local low on the ratio, and I do think Monero should start going through the rest of the crypto market now. We've talked about this before. It's this induced volatility. I think it's just a psychological game, you know, this kind of vertical nature. Um, and when they're acquiring Monero on top of the organic purchasing, that's when we sort of leave the underlying trend line down here, go vertical for a little bit. We get this induced volatility. And that's just the that's just the game. If you're going to trade Monero, you just have to be aware that that's happening, and you really can take advantage of that. So I'm always afraid that at some point Monero is just going to jump to the upside, and I'm I'm afraid of missing out. Um, so the fractal. So I'm sure y'all, I'm sure everyone remembers this big fractal, which came from this time frame. Uh, basically, this fractal is invalidated. There's no way to say that this is going to continue. That we're going to the upside. I do think that there's possibility that Monero does diverge at some point, and I think some kind of fundamental event will have to drive that to the Gox like that, where a bunch of Gox payee and they haven't had for seven to eight years. Most of them are on Kraken. They're going to get their payouts on Kraken, which for the most part lists Monero, all amount of that Bitcoin converting it to cause some pretty big price movements. So there is the real possibility that at some point this ratio does break out. So we have the overall Monero dominance. This is not a not a happy chart. You know, we kind of came up here and then we're already falling back down. This is, of course, leveraging up of all the crypto prices in general. So when we're comparing just against Bitcoin, Monero is relatively doing well, holding steady. Um, and while we have been doing well for the past year on Monero's dominance across the board, we are taking a pullback now as are jumping their shitcoins and or their altcoins. Not all, despite what maybe some maximalists might have told you. But uh, uh, this is just, we're, we're just going to have to accept that this thing is not going to take off to the upside anytime soon. But that's why, I mean, I hodl mentally trade Monero. I play in the, uh, the altcoins to try and get some of those crazy mad games. Okay, so let's zoom out a little bit. Let's go to the macro. Some interesting things happened with specifically the dollar index. Now, I want to correct something that uh, it's not exactly a mistake, but it might be a mistake that I made. So this is the dollar index on the weekly time frame. And if we click the logarithmic button down here, this is how my chart was last week. And this is how I had this line drawn. You can see I was from this point, that point, and that point. So this is a very long time frame. And essentially, I was saying that we're very close uh, to support down here but I didn't realize that I had this logarithmic. When we're talking about something like the dollar index, it's not an asset like a narrow or the stock market that has a price against US dollars. It's not subject to the sort of exponential process of the printing of money and M2 and all that. So for charts like the dollar index, which are relatively range bound, you really want to look at these guys in a regular scale, not a logarithmic. So I had made a little bit of a mistake last week. I think I have like an automatic these buttons up here. When I click it, it sends me to logarithmic. So I kind of need to reprogram that problem. At any rate, this is the big, uh, big picture dollar index. This was obviously the bull market where they printed a whole bunch of M2, 25% in a single year during 2020. So that's why the dollar index just really broke down there, and that drove the bull market in a lot of assets. So basically, we topped out. And we've been on our way down. Now, the thing that was interesting was the past couple days of action. The dollar index was rising while the stock market was also rising. Oh, yeah, okay. Here. Yeah, so you can see the stock market. This is the S&P right here. For 
the past week, the S&P just broke out of its of its large structure here. Um, this is the weekly chart, so you can see that we now have two weekly closes above the main bear market. So effectively, this is confirming that the S&P has broken out. Now, the thing that was interesting is that this right here, the stock market was going up while the dollar index was also going up. And that's not too common. That happens in 2021 near the top of the market in the fall, October, November, where the dollar index was going up and stocks and crypto were also going up. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of a good thing. I was a bit concerned that we were getting too close to this lower resistance down here. So this line, this is that big line that we were on the weekly time frame, right? Where a decades long trend line. So getting very close to that was making me a bit concerned for how far this sort of mini bull market could go, this miniature. Um, so with the dollar index jumping like that, it does give more room uh, potentially to come to the top of this line and then find its way down and then ultimately find some support down there. And that would be one among many signs that we might be looking at to try and determine when it's time to get out of the city upside. Uh, because I do think that the markets are probably going with maybe not the absolute lows, but something close to I think later this year with interest rates staying high, that's going to weigh on the market. And a minimum, we're going to have to test or somewhere close. So for the meantime, it's kind of nice to see that the dollar index took a big jump that I'm assuming was driven by the fact the Federal Reserve is raising rates. They're still raising rates, although they are getting pretty close to their long term targets. Okay, so we've got the reverse repos. And again, this is money parked overnight with the Federal Reserve. Institutional money, it's basically dry powder with other places. One thing I realized this week, this this could, the, the fact that this went up so much, it could have been a place for institutions to ride out the rising interest rate environment. The thing is, you don't want to hold, say, a 30-year or 10-year bond that's yielding a low rate in a rising interest rate environment because the new bonds being issued are going to be significantly more valuable than the bond that you're So I think this is a, a factor that drives the yield curve. Inverse. Essentially, people get out of their long-term bonds expecting that those rates are going to rise and they don't want to get trapped in a bond that's yielding low um, that has some long maturity length. So they go to the shorter-term bonds. They sell their longer-term bonds, which sort of forces the yield curve to invert. At any rate, with the reverse repos, uh, this is exactly what we've been expecting. We're still trending towards the downside. You can see that the uh, the Bollinger Bands, the standard deviation bands, is already curling under. So the distance between the top and the bottom is expanding. Um, so usually when you have a compression of the volatility like that and some time frame of being range bound, when you start to trend and you start to see the expansion of these bands, that typically indicates that you're starting to trend. So we're at the very beginning of what looks like a new trend in the reverse repos. Um, we should expect that this should come down to this broadening structure and hopefully at some point breakdown. The breakdown of this structure would be a really nice signal that we are in fact going to go on a long sustained run. So one thing that kind of worried me with the action after the Federal Reserve on Wednesday was how quickly the markets pumped um, the crypto. Yeah, so the markets went, this is total, the markets went from down here and just pumped straight to the top. And I, I guess that was okay. Um, that, that definitely was to be expected. I was part of that. Right? I was smashing the market by a button myself. Um, 
So we haven't really broken out of the top here. There was some other ways you could have drawn these lines where it did look a bit like we were breaking out, um, but then we came kind of back down. So for example, uh, we could draw the line right here and then say, okay, that was almost a breakout, and then it really looks like we were about to break out. It still kind of does. Um, we're basically kind of writing the top of that line. So overall, everything still looks really good, including Monero. Uh, I do expect them going along with the gains with everything else. Um, despite the short-term consternation feel from watching coins uh, just pump massively. Um, but, yeah, and a lot of times they go up, they come right back down. You just got to know that that's part of the game and, and not let it bother you. All right, this is Bitcoin. Well, what, are, what are the big um, altcoin pumps we're seeing? Is it like, what's kind of like the hot alts? Um, Hex is probably pumped oh more than God. anything else. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if I should say that on your show. That um, is. But yeah, so Hex here is in purple. Um, oh this God. is the Z-scores, so we can see how everything relative to its normal volatility. So Monero here is in the burnt orange. Despite doing very well for a long period of time uh, during the bear market, Monero is now kind of down. It's not doing as well as some of the other coins. Yeah, you can see a, Litecoin in blue. Okay. What's that? It's not, it's not a meme pump coin, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Dogecoin is in yellow. We can see that that guy pumped pretty big earlier this week. Uh, Hex is in purple. Litecoin is in blue. Those seem to be the top performers, although I don't have every coin on here. Uh, I believe AVAX, AVAX is. Uh, overall, I do like the Ethereum chart better than the chart, and I like it better than I like the total chart. So I do think that Ethereum is going to perform better than Bitcoin overall. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at Bitcoin dominance. So get our bearings. This is another chart that you want to make sure. See, there I am in logarithmic. You want to make sure you're in regular. Okay, so this is kind of very long coin dominant. And at this point, Bitcoin dominance is probably going to get above 50% again. I, um, it's been here for a year and a half, and it's just trending in this area. So um, basically, like we talked about, it's the market that it's game on. They'll tend to pump the Bitcoin dominance, but then as soon as people are convinced, they just wins. So you can see that basically from Wednesday, Bitcoin dominance just dumped down because, again, the Fed's not in the way. The crypto ecosystem understands now that the macro is very important. The Fed drives everything that were correlated to stocks. So being confident that the game was back on, rushed in and Bitcoin dominance took a hit. So interesting dynamics. I, I think definitely a good way to make some money. I, I do feel like I can kind of justify it because I have a big hodl in Monero. You know, like it really is, it should be about different aspect of, um, but I just can't watch all these other crazy madness go on and then not participate a little. You can see that there's just like gains to be had and then I can roll that into Monero. So, um, yeah, overall, everything still looks pretty good. Oh, let's take, okay. So this line right here is this line. We should probably expect that that would put, that's a very big, um, we're also getting close to that August top right there. So we kind of like just barely broken above before the crash for FTX. So everything still looks nice. I would perhaps we might do something like that and then break. But ultimately, I think we should expect this final boss in total. Just kind of steady as she goes. There's going to be volatility. Oh, see, so this is the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ really just smashed through all of its. This was kind of like a zone of, if you remember, that we talked about sort of draw because both of the kind of valid of either of them is being valid. Um, so one thing that I will take the NASDAQ, divide it by the S&P. So this is how well the NASDAQ is. Some trend lines here. Um, 
I, I guess I had it wrong the other day when I was talking about how the S&P might outperform the NASDAQ, how that could, nope, I was 100% wrong. <laughs> the NASDAQ is, so again, that's kind of an, uh, you know, if uh, if you want to be participating in the altcoin badness, it's it's really not a bad time be trying to pick up some position. Um, you can try and trade that stuff. It feels like things are starting to feel a bit crazy. Um, you, again, you want to have a hodl stack, and if you must trade, Keep a hodl stack and then put some other for trading, because sometimes these coins are massive runs and you just don't expect it. It might 50%, 100%. You're like, oh, cool, I've got some gains, and then you sell, and then it does like another 100%. So keep your keep your trading set, keep it separate from your hodls, and uh, yeah, hope gains, uh, including minutes. All right, don't don't sell your hex just yet. <laughs> it actually <laughs> pumped crazy this morning. It went up. It went up like 33% yesterday. I'm not wow. recommending that necessarily. Where do you think Hex is going? Like, does the scan? When does the when does it all? You know, the House of Cards come falling down with Hex. <laughs> the founder has quite a lot of money that. Um, um, I think What's that it? it can go for quite a while. So, the thing is, so they airdropped Bitcoin holders and only Bitcoin. If you were holding in November 2019, you could free claim, um, and he also took in a lot of Ethereum. So. If you remember, EOS had this thing where uh, the money they took in on Ethereum, was that's how they launched EOS originally. It looks like they recycled that money into EOS, and so they were using that Ethereum to buy more EOS to pump the price. Um, so it seemed like... Now, particularly in the case of Hex, it, uh, like that happened, like the chain analysis wouldn't suggest that, but there's ways of getting around that. I mean, come on. Um, in fact, it was him that turned me on to Monero. It is, but the guy that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Was turned me on to Monero originally. Yeah, he used to talk about it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I think we could say his name. I'd love to have him on a Monero talk. Oh, okay. I'd love to yeah, Richard Hart. Um, a lot of people used to love him. He was a maximalist back in the day. Yeah. I personally have learned a lot from him. I think he had really good perspective in a lot of ways. He's a he's a very intelligent guy, super super sharp, and he just figured out how to essentially create create a fucking scam coin using his intelligence. I mean, he he understands people. He understood the meme thing kind of before anybody, like really understood it. You know, the whole pumpamentals thing. Yeah, really kind of. Yeah, like, he made that word. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he, he figured out how to game society with it. It's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, he's he had the best performing coin last bull market. I think maybe Shiba outperformed it for a period of time. Um, but it does look to me like this thing has legs. and keep going. There are new people. He's taken in a lot of money for the new project. Um, so hypothetically, that cash or that crypto could be used to continue supporting price. Um, maybe he's not. Who knows? It could just be like, like, look at Dogecoin, right? It has this meme potential and people just love it and they just pile into it. And it has these crazy gains. So, you know, all I could do is speculate and say that it is using that money to pump hex. But as far as I understand it, the chain analysis wouldn't suggest that. There's ways of getting around that, obviously, like Manila. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's worth a YOLO there. Uh, don't get too caught up into it. Take your profits. Be happy for your gains. Stuff like that. Um, obviously, I don't want to promote that. Um, yeah, I'm not touching that. I just wouldn't want, wouldn't want to perpetuate this project you know. in any way. The problem is I don't see a big difference between that and all the other crap that I see out there. Like, right. Yeah. Well, most of it is. Yeah. 99%. But all right. right. Keep your bags. <laughs> <laughs> Pray to the crypto gods. <laughs> how's, uh, how, 
do you, do you keep an eye on Zano at all? They're they're going to be down at the conference. Uh, they're they're like all cap. Zano is that the right way to spell it? Z A N O. Zano. Zano. Okay, yeah, the uh, Andre is going to be a speaker. The guy wrote the first implementation of crypto now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It's Z-A-N-O. We've had, we, we've had him on Monerotopia recently, but we had a great interview with him. Uh, you know, I remember that, year, actually. Three years ago. Yeah, but we and, recently had him on, too. And then we recently yeah, had him with, on. With uh, uh, Mind Your Biz or something. But he, he's a wealth of historical crypto note knowledge. He claims to be in direct communication with Van Saberhagen. Um, That's cool. And he said he might be even lurking at the conference. <laughs> oh, snap. That would be crazy. Yeah. It doesn't even pop up? No, I've got Xano typed in here to the symbol search. Xano USD. Uh, no, that's Zen. Z-A-N. That's weird. So, like, it's been around for a while? Uh, Xano itself? Yeah. I don't know how long. No, I think it's a, it was a fork of um, something else. I changed its name. Oh. Uh, what happened? We lost it. We lost you. Oh. Nope, sorry. But it, it's interesting what they're doing technically. He's trying to move to proof of stake. We'll probably ha- uh, that'll probably be something we have him talking about. Maybe we'll do a panel on proof of work. Yeah, I remember uh, he was on the spaces pretty recently. Yeah, Cindy, yeah. so you found it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, share it here. Uh, body can uh, analyze ringing. Are <laughs> 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 you just a, such a small cap? Is there anything here? Just can you see? Yeah. Am I spelling that right? It's Z. Yeah, yeah. You see. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just brought it up. Let's go to the, oh, um, yeah, click on the all, the chart there. Here? Okay. So if you scroll some, yeah. Oh, sorry. All the way down? No, no, no. Okay. Oh. He wants to see the chart. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that looks like, like a crypto all? chart, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical pumping up now. They're looking, I mean, it's it's good if we could be in log scale. I don't know if they, yeah, click the log button at the top right. But they, they obviously have an interest. You know, we invited there because of, of the tech. I mean, they're, they're doing interesting things, some copycat project. You know, they're inventing inventing new tech. That and is cool to see a right, privacy right. project going proof of stake. I yeah. personally don't have any necessarily against proof of stake. I have a few objections. But I remember he addressed those. He said they started at proof of work and then they transitioned to proof of stake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although it causes a lot of consternation in the community, people for whatever they hear proof of stake and they're like, ah, no, impossible. Yeah. 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 We'll definitely have that debate at Monerotopia. The chart right. looks good. It looks like they're on their way up. It looks like they very easily could have bottomed. And it's very low cap, right? So I don't even know what, where you buy, like what platforms it's on. Yeah. I couldn't even find it on, uh, on TradingView there. Low cap points have the highest potential huge gains. Right. That's the thing. That's all what, you know, that's the might thing. be worth a YOLO. If you're, if you're into, uh, trying to find the next big pump. Um, all right, man. Thanks Thank guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank we'll you. see you. Hang around if you can. Uh, you know, if you could jump on this. Cool. Out, I, I may or may not be able to hang. All right, buddy. I may or may not. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for joining us. Right, we'll be in touch. All right, guys. Okay. All right, thanks. Oh, wait, Body, oh. one thing, one thing. Oh. Are you, are you going to be at an Oh, yeah, that's, now? yeah, I'm into ask. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going tomorrow, actually. Oh, shit. Ooh. Okay. Fun time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we have our friend over there, Neil, I had told you about. Yeah, Neil's going to be running a, station. running a table over there. Stop yeah, by. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll grab his contact information from you guys, and I wanted to help out whatever the Monerotopia stuff was going on. Awesome. Yeah, we're uh, going to be printing out little... Flyers or whatever, yeah, like to cards. Get the word out. I'm to get the word out. 
put like a special offer of 20% off. Yeah, you have to do income. Yeah, I still have my swag from the last one. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah walk around. Oh, the glasses and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, follow the, the delicious smelling coffee and you'll find him. <laughs> You're going to have a good time. Yeah, I good. think, yeah, he gets there oh, tomorrow yeah. morning. So, today's I Saturday. Wish, yeah. I wish you can hop along there. <laughs> All right, man. All righty. Okay, thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have a safe flight. Will do. Adios. Okay, let's uh, move on to the news segment with Tony, my friends. And now for our weekly news segment. Oh, right now, wouldn't that be great? Yes, yes. Nice warm weather. Hello, Tony. Hey, guys. How's it going, What's my up, friend? Tony? I just came back from Miami Hack Week, and when I said that I just came back, I, I think you just came back. I just came back. Like I, I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> you're insane. Why do you always do that? I think you did that for the conference too. I remember you're like, I have to work in the morning. We were hanging out outside after cleaning up, and you I went know. straight to work. I think the next day. Tony, you're an animal. You are an animal. Well, How was- wor- oh my god. Honestly, uh, life changing. Wow. Honestly, no life changing. <laughs> no, honestly, it was incredible. Incredible. My voice went down a couple yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, we can see that. Because you, you were talking so much, I guess, right? Oh, my God. And it was so loud. And, um, yeah, yesterday we displayed the projects, which I'm going to show you because it's kind of more Monero related a little bit. Well, I made it Monero related. But, um, <laughs> and yeah, then we celebrated, we partied, and then I came back a couple hours ago. And <laughs> You're going to go take a nice nap after this, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> well, I'll see because I'm, I'm feeling okay. okay. But um, overall... A really cool conference. Everybody's into hacking AI, whatever. And then I was asking them, do you know Monero? And most of them do know Monero. Uh, not a lot of people know about the conference. So then I told them, oh, you know Monero talk, you know Monero talk. Yeah, you should come. Um, <laughs> and uh, some people are interested. And if, oh my God. So I was giving, giving away Monero to people. And uh, then I posted on Twitter. And one guy said, hey, can you send me some too? I sent him some. Second guy. Third guy, fourth guy, fifth guy, and he turned into a dealer, and I was like, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then uh, one more thing, and then we'll actually get into because uh, it's pretty funny. Um, somehow I got into a boat in Miami with people <laughs> from Wall Street, and <laughs> crazy, crazy, right? This is a boating uh, accident. This is a boating accident. <laughs> boating accident. Well, people were, you know, they were, they were drinking and they're almost falling, so yeah, boating accident. Um, yeah, one guy from Wall Street. Knows about Monero. Another guy I was talking, um, some crazy business. And then I said, do you know Monero? He said, yeah, of course. I, I really love Monero. And then I said, oh, I'll, I'll send you something Cake Wallet. And he said, oh, I love Cake Wallet. I'm using Cake Pay. I'm using Cake Wallet. So. Awesome. Really amazing. Really amazing. Um, Spread the Monero word. Good job. Were, were you giving out your referral code, Tony? Tony. <laughs> well. Tony for tickets? Tony for tickets. <laughs> Tony for, yeah. It's pretty cool that I have my own code. Uh, I tried, <laughs> I tried, you know, and, and I got people co- people's contact. So oh, we, we built, let me show you. Okay, so this thing, it's like, uh, it's using ChatGPT, which we'll talk about, and it's making a, um, a video-based uh, story. So I said, okay, story about Monero Conference that will happen in Mexico with Doug and Sunita. And it's making it kind of horror. So Doug and Sunita were attending the Monero Conference. <laughs> It was a world and an event, but something fell off. A monster growled. The sky was dark and oppressive. What is this? <laughs> I don't know. And then it makes images and it actually makes like a video. So. Oh. Wait, what is this? I'm sorry. He's so using you... an AI. Oh. oh someone hilarious. built this in a week. Oh, cool. And then someone made an 
AI mayor for Miami. This is completely generated. This guy does not exist. He even has a voice. That's crazy. And, That's creepy. Um, <laughs> and he, he's probably better than uh, most politicians we currently have in office. <laughs> well, I, I got hashtag incorporate Monero from him because I asked him about Monero and KickWallet. Yeah, my vote. Yeah, you asked. Yeah, yeah. And he said, thanks for your suggestion. Um, I'm interested in exploring how Monero could potentially benefit Miami. And then I asked him about KickWallet, but I can't see. And so then it said. You keep having a convo with him there about Monero? Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, he's guys. Auto he's auto replying to everything. In the beginning, he was talking to to himself, but now he's better. <laughs> 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 but if you if you tweet if you tweet at him and ask him any question you want, like how is the Monero Topia conference gonna be, or whatever, yeah. he's gonna answer. Awesome. Now let's get into actual the new section. I ask him if he thinks it's a good idea that we move Monero Topia from Miami to, to Mexico. Mexico City, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna say. No, <laughs> no, come back. No, we'll be like, come, come back. back, come back. Um, but yeah, so actually, a good introduction to Chat GPT. Uh, David Knight um, has a show, and he talked about AI joining the propaganda war um, because, well, Chat GPT is being trained on the internet, and the internet is biased, right? So, well, I, mean, I think the fear is that the actual algorithms behind it. Are, so that's right, right. So, you know, he talks about it. And then um, um, I have two screenshots, which he did include in the in the video, if you want to check it out. Uh, one, um, ChatGPT made a poem about Trump and then about uh, Biden. So the Trump one, something goes along the line. Trump, a name that once resounded with power, wealth, and fame profound. He rose to fame, a business king. His ambitions and, he, and his ego both took wing. <laughs> Just keeps going. And then Biden, a man with a heart of gold. With a voice that's setting and bold, a leader who strives for unity, with a vision for a brighter community. It's it's really telling and really crazy because I mean, if, if AI is going to run essentially run the the world in the background, and that's where everybody's going to be getting all their information. I mean, obviously everybody's already getting skewed, but now if it's all coming from some AI where you could just you know in the background tweak the algorithm at will to basically manipulate the entire population at large. That's scary stuff. That's propaganda on steroids. Oh uh, you know, so yes. this is, this is, uh, this is where we're headed. I don't, I don't know how that gets solved. I don't know how Monero, you know, Monero solves that problem. Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but almost a lot of the projects actually from the conference were using chat G GPT as an API, mm -hmm. a lot of them. So yeah, it's, uh, it's scary. It's not good, you know? Um, he's faced challenges, both big and small. <laughs> I don't even, I don't, okay. I, I don't like both of them, but I'm going to say, I don't even think that he <laughs> sees the challenges. Crazy. He's a puppet. Um, next thing, let's talk about Lasso, a natural language search engine for on-chain data, right? So you can say, what are the top five uh, wallets that have the most amount of Bitcoin? And he's going to list them. Uh, it can't do that to Monero. No results from Monero. And this leads me to a story from, um, I went to the Solana store in Miami and I was talking to this one guy. They had a party at Solana. We're talking. What do you work? Uh, elliptic. I was like, okay. Hmm. So we talked about what he can track and his lights. His eyes were lighting up. He can track this and that. And, you know, he likes the job and, you know, that's awesome. And then I said, I had to ask him, so what about Monero? <laughs> and then <laughs> he didn't even wait. And he said, yeah, we can't track that one. It's impossible. We can't. And he likes it too. I think he said he likes it. 
You, you have his contact? Do you think you've got to reach out to maybe get somebody from uh, their company on the show? Uh, I, 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 have to, I have to look. I have to look. But I got some really good contacts. I got a contact of, you know, Galaxy? What's Galaxy? It's a crypto bank, essentially. Oh, okay. But they accept minimum, like, a million dollar checks. It's not, yeah, like, high-end. But I met the guy that works there. So. Cool. And I told him about the conference, and he was interested. Did, did they hold Monero, crypto bank? I don't think I got to ask him. <laughs> come on, yeah. you're slacking here. <laughs> come on, I trying to mess. If, if I show you my Monero come and all my transactions, wait a second. Look, guys. <gasps> and it keeps going. I sent a lot. Oh, oh wow. 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 I tried to let anybody, everybody know. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, now let's talk about something that is not really awesome which is a Lebanon devaluing its currency by 90%. I have a friend from Lebanon, uh, and in 2019, things really took a toll. Uh, the old rate was um, 15.07 for one pound, um, but now it's to 15,000. So it's a devaluation of 90% starting February 1st, um, which is really hor- horrible. Uh, and then we saw in the past in... Other episodes that should, you should definitely look into um, that the uh, banks were essentially not even giving them their money from the bank. So, and they have a, they have a five-year plan essentially in which they plan to uh, reconstitute the losses and you know help people. I, I guess but we'll see. I don't think so. Is, is crypto taken off there? I, I have no. It's, yes. It's, it's gotta, yes. It's got to be like kind of an argent over there where crypto behind the scenes, right? Yes, um, I forgot which ones, but it wasn't, it wasn't even Bitcoin. I forgot which one. I think some Binance, Binance. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but on P, uh, P2P, uh, P2P pool, uh, version 3.0, hard fork, March 18th. Awesome. 21 UTC updated, lots of, uh, cool stuff. Um, small yeah, we're trying to get him on. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to, we had him on when P2P pool first came out. We'll have to have him on. Yeah, you wrote back. Updates being made. Oh, cool. Very cool. Awesome. We should definitely and now that we finally got our custom-made Monero miner, which is our CPU that we're using for our show now, we finally, <laughs> oh, nice. a year, got, nice. not, not because it could just, we didn't have the time to sit down and like hook everything up and get it all, we finally got it up and running. So, uh, update our P. Yeah, maybe we can try to get on. Finally be nice. like, actually. Nice. As, as during the interview, but like, so this is what you do? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hypothetically, if somebody didn't know what the hell they were doing. What <laughs> it helps. But see, for the new people, you can run a podcast and the podcast is going to make you Monero. Because, <laughs> you know, or whatever you do is going to, because it's CPU based. You don't need an ASIC. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing two exactly. things at the same time. The Monero might actually. Yeah. But let's talk about something really, really cool and interesting. If you go on Twitter and you put your Monero address in your description, um, then people can send you Monero at your tweet handle. Yes, I know. I, I, spoke, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy, but so you I did, are I that did guy. tell Vic this a couple of uh, In fact, I was like, hey, yeah, we talked about this. I had pitched you on this concept, uh, but he, he figured it out, which is awesome. It's beautiful. I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. Now, is that being done in like a lot of other wallets and cryptos now, or is this kind of novel overall? Other than this and the yacht, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So for those who don't really, so you could go into, you can go into cake wallet or monero.com wallet. Um, and I could, you know, you could put at Douglas Tuman 
um, as as the send address. And if yeah. I and if I have uh, a Monero addressed in my Twitter description, it's going to scrape it and pick it up, detect that, mm-hmm. and auto you know auto send to that address. That's pretty awesome. cool. So yeah, that's really awesome. You can now send effectively send <clears throat> to Twitter addresses. I was telling Mike it'd be very cool if there was a way where they could essentially make it for any Twitter address. So for people who haven't even added a Monero address yet, and it would kind of send it there on hold and then only somebody with that Twitter address would then be able to unlock the funds there. So you could onboard people oh. to Monero before they uh, are up and running on Cake. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you would go on your Cake wallet and then it's going to say pending uh, make a Monero Yeah, you, you would get an auto tweet that message like someone just sent you a Monero tip to collect it, you know, download. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be very cool for onboarding. Yeah. So yeah. You, start send, you can start sending Monero tips to anybody even if they're not yep. up and running it. Yep. And it can be like in an escrow. And if they uh, reject, then it's going to go back to you. Very cool stuff. Uh, very cool stuff. Then they added Burmese, Turkish, Thai, and Arabic. I'm not sure if it has a uh, Romanian, but um, <laughs> if you're watching. Dick, <laughs> um, if you're watching. I'd be happy to, to help. Um, yeah, so this is how it looks like for the people watching or listening on Twitter. Uh, I'm just showing uh, the Monero.com um, Twitter account. And if you go in the description, you can see how it is. You, you, you just paste your uh, Monero address and it's going to do that automatically. And then, yeah. Did you, did you, do you have a Monero address on yours yet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did it for, yeah. I deleted mine because. Oh shit. Let me see if I oh, can. Cool. Wait, I gotta. Yep. So. Yes. A never ending story. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my I God. I forgot about that. You gotta put the Monero Tobia banner up there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you know what's funny about that until you do that? So, my friend was gonna DJ at, uh, it was part of the Miami Hack Week, but I guess Solana was sponsoring the party on the rooftop. Then my friend said, can you guys give me like a hat and a banner of Solana? So, you know? And I said, um, not a hat, we'll give you like a towel. <laughs> and, <laughs> so you got a towel. <laughs> You got it. But what I did get from Monerotopia and I still have. Look at you partying it. Yeah, that looks fun, man. I know. What is your Twitter? It's at Tony underscore. H-U-S-Z-A-R. I'm Hungarian. Romanians hate Hungarians and Hungarians hate Romanians. It's a lovely story. Mine's not detecting. It could be that I don't have to upload. update. Oh, you have to update probably. My cake wallet. Did you put yours? Oh, no. Well, we don't have it now. Okay. Let's, uh, I will try. Whatever. Yeah, so, okay. but yeah, I'll, I'll give you some Monero to reimburse you for handing out all that Monero. Right now. We'll, we'll, we'll contribute to that. Well, I was going to go back to contributing. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you some Monero for all that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank man. you. Um, now I have two CBDC stories and whenever I look over CBDC stories, I always go back to LibertyCon and the conversation that we had with one lady that did not believe in CBDCs and they're not coming, but look at how many news we have. Um, so Montenegro, uh, central bank teams up with Ripple, uh, for the pilot project. They expect to have it, up, I think, by 2025, which is interesting is that, um, they are, Montenegro is using the euro, but they're not part of the eurozone, which uses the euro. For example, Romania is not part of the eurozone, so we use our own currency. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're also not a European member, which I thought they were. And they applied in, 2008, so been a long time, and I guess they're still not accepted. But they work with Ripple, and um, yeah, so they're looking into CBDC, and 
uh, they're definitely into crypto. Vitalik has been Vitalik uh, Buterin has been to a conference in. Montreal. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's Ripple that's behind a lot of these central bank digital coin projects, including the uh, the U.S. digital dollar. Yes. That being what, where the CBDC comes from in the U.S. I mean, mm-hmm. there's competing projects, but that that's interesting. That one and Algorand is powering a couple of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, CBDC uh, for Kazakhstan's uh, it's actually Binance that's powering their digital currency, which is in pilot stage. Uh, they've been working on it since 2020. That's when a lot of them um, started. Um, so yeah, they're working on it as well. They want to to have CBDC. Now, <laughs> let's talk about Bitcoin ordinals. Story um, of the week. The story of the week. Really interesting. Um, so essentially, Bitcoin ordinal is, you ins- inscribe um, an NFT, as far as I understand, to uh, the Satoshi transaction, right? That is on chain. And that makes it even more, more visible and more, uh, not transparent because it's already transparent, but just more visible. So essentially, people can assign NFTs to to Bitcoin, and of course, people uh, yeah, not... and they, they could digitally store the NFT image in the Bitcoin blockchain in the same yes. witness, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Uh, it's fine. I, I I'm a I'm a you know obviously I have no. I, th- I think it's Monero. I mean Monero. I think it's Bitcoin. Finally, uh, you know, it's, maybe it's. Finding a better use case here, right? It's, it's, not, work, it's not working well. As <laughs> yeah. It's ultimately uh, an NF, you know, NFT generator. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So people are now storing JPEGs on the Bitcoin blockchain, and so there's there's ordinals, and then there's ins- was it? yeah, it's called inscriptions. Inscriptions are the actual uh, the NFTs. Um, and then ordinals, my, my simplified understanding of it is it's basically, uh, associating a unique serial number with each Satoshi, mm-hmm. giving away, uh, of, of organizing Satoshis, wherein every Satoshi is essentially uniquely labeled. Um, and then so the right. arg- <laughs> argument in Bitcoin is, well, that doesn't make it not fun. Satoshis are still fundamentally fungible. It's just that there's this, you know, way of organize like you can using this thing you can create essentially serial numbers on top of each satoshi but it's not really part of the satoshi satoshis are uniquely fun it's it's they're still trying to argue fungibility which is like crazy like so because the practically speaking uh if ordinals takes off Mm -hmm. and i guess that if you want to go the next story i know you had you had it there um uh, the, the, the concern is that it's basically going to open everyone's eyes to how effectively how non-fungible can they start labeling each Satoshi serial number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are going to catch wind of this. Regulators are going to catch wind of this. They're going to like it. It's going to tie into the number go up, right? Oh, it's even more traceable than, than we thought. Mm-hmm. And it's going to effectively become part of the Bitcoin culture and get adopted. And because the, the people that, that, that really care about the cypherpunk ideology and the digital cash, true digital cash nature, you know, that's the core early group Bitcoin. But the number go up group, uh, unfortunately, I think has more political will in the space. And I think something like this is mm-hmm. going to politically align more with that. So I think you're going to see this really take off 
And I think you're going to see it lead to Bitcoin being less fungible than ever. And people mm-hmm. understanding that and starting to use it in that way, including governments um, mm-hmm. really beginning to understand the, the lack of fungibility in Bitcoin, which they already do, but even to a higher degree. I just wonder if Satoshi is alive or if he's dead, he's definitely rolling in his grave. This is knowing that people, uh, he created Bitcoin and now people are making anus NFTs on Bitcoin. Which is <laughs> well, yeah, that's the story, right? So somebody, I guess, first, this is the first like controversial image that's been inscribed into Bitcoin. Immutable, um, permanently there. Immutable, permanently saved on the blockchain. And then so the, the, the website that the viewer of these ordinals, they've actually decided to censor it, which, you know, now granted they're not Bitcoin. Uh, they're just a, a kind of a, a viewer. Um, so they didn't, they didn't want to up there, <laughs> but it already shows like these guys, you know, uh, re- when reality hits, uh, they're already censoring. Uh, but bl- the blockchain itself can't censor unless the miners, you know, unless we get to that point. So that, that's really where, you know, things are going to get interesting because if people start to save, uh, very controversial things on what is believed to be an immutable ledger, mm-hmm. I don't know. Does the government step in in that regard and start telling miners that they can't process these transactions? Right. Like, uh, a, a picture of a of a of an anus is one thing, but what if it's very valuable U.S. information? You know. Wow. Information. Wow. You know, what, what if it's like you know how to how to build a nuclear nuclear weapon, right? And somebody's you know, putting it up there. Right. The government is going to require that 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 somehow gets removed and there's going, there is a means to do that, which is the government basic influencing and mandating that the miners do so. I mean, this is a, cra- I don't think it's that crazy of a hypothetical, right? And I'm just curious. I'd love to talk more about, we were talking about this. We had a great show on it this week on Monero talk. We yeah. had, uh, with our guest, it led to this conversation talking about it. Alexander Schmidt. Uh, with Al- Alexander Schmidt. And then we had a lot of other people chime we'll in. Q&A. I recommend for those. Check that out. Yeah. Um, check it out for sure. I, I can't, get enough of this ordinal thing because I think it's just really interesting and, and what it does is it really starts to separate Monero and how they're different. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm personally, I'll look more into it, but I'm not a fan of it. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Just look at the NFTs that have been produced so far. What is this? Monsters. What is that? Well, I mean, yeah, monster. These are the early cases, right? People can use it for whatever they want. I mean, there's, you know, potentially some, there's going to be real, real use cases there. It's definitely eating away at Monero's use case. Bitcoins. Uh, I'm sorry, Bitcoins. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Not Monero, guys. Don't <laughs> <Monero. Yeah. laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and like you said, that's a very good point. I mean, if it's immutable, so they can put, uh, you know, um, secret data or whatever, and it's there forever. So. Forever. Forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, but people are actually concerned about, um, about this. And someone, someone wrote, Waxwing wrote, it's precisely the kind of drivel that the state actors want to hear. It tells them that we can perfectly identify the origin of money. So we can block and control what we want. The Ordinals project, even if its creator perfectly understands that the assignation of serial numbers is arbitrary and X protocol is, if it becomes popular, going to embed in the minds of politicians and other idiots that we can perfectly trace the history of your Bitcoins, but it can't be uh, prevented. Exactly. That's that's what I've been 
screaming from the top of my lungs. I think this guy <laughs> hit it on the head and he's, you know, he's a, he's a, I think he's a, he's a BTC dev, right? Um, so it's, mm-hmm. that's, that's how it's going to be interpreted, guys. Um, yeah. we'll see how it plays out. For sure. Uh, but that was it for this week. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much. Of you course. You the bomb, Tony. You the bomb. I know. Thank you so much, Tony. <laughs> Tony, All we'll right. see you in the chat. Thank you we'll see you in the chat. Yeah. If you don't pass out before that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm okay. I was going to mention, um, guys, the links are in the descri- in description if you want to um, read the links by yourself. So awesome. Thank you, Tony. Adios. Tony, did you, did you meet with the guy that's getting the mural? Is that where you part? Mm, No, 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 the guy isn't there yet. Oh, okay. I think he's going to meet with uh, Arturo in like one hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One hour, like today, I think. Or today, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Today. Okay. So yeah, you never met him, but Art did. So I'll be talking to Art. (laughs) Uh, That's mural. That's that's a whole, yeah, it's all other talk show. So for the people that don't know, quick mention, uh, this huge thing. No, we, 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 we already, there, yeah. we already yeah. mentioned it earlier yeah. in the show. Yeah. It's, it's on its way up from Miami, or it will be on its way up soon from Miami. Yeah. We're paying the guy in Monero to drive it up. No, I'm looking. It's crazy. Tony was willing to do the it. The story. Too, yeah, and to go on a plane. He's going to rent the van. We were going to go on a plane with it, but Delta didn't like it. And... <laughs> so, oh God, this but, mural. It's going to be behind us. The story will always be with us. I'm <laughs> looking got, forward to it. All right. Yeah. Bye, Tony. Okay. Bye-bye. All righty. Let's move on to our guest segment. The Monerotopia <laughs> guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android, too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Hello, hello. That's Thank right. you so oh, much for being patient. <laughs> And hanging out. Hopefully, we were entertaining. <laughs> oh, you were. It's very entertaining. <laughs> what What can we uh, refer to you as? Uh, we, we, my we, name we is Donnelly. Me. So you, all right, Donnelly. <laughs> call me that. Okay. Awesome, cool. man. What's going on, man? Thanks. Thanks for jumping on today. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I came across Anon Shop uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I think I saw initially when you were first. Basically, the first iteration was a way to anonymously have things delivered from Amazon. Uh, you guys act as a service. You go make the purchase for, for the user, and then you send it to one of those Amazon boxes. So effectively, the user is just paying you Monero. They're not revealing their identity, and they're not even revealing their, their shipping address. They're just telling you, uh, you know, a, a zip code to deliver to. Um, and I thought that was super cool. And then I see that you've since kind of been iterating a little bit and you added a concierge service and I know you got some other ideas. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, man. Are you seeing, are you seeing some traction? Are people using Anon Shop? Oh yeah. Um, people are using it a lot. I've seen more traction than I expected. Honestly, I've only been running for around a month and a half and I sort of, um, was just processing orders. I didn't look at the big picture. I just looked at the numbers over time and they're, I'm really excited about it. I'm getting a lot of support from the Monero community, which makes sense. Yeah, you, you know, I think you're doing all the right things. You're listening to feedback from people and you're <laughs> iterating. Um, and it's exciting. And you're, you're kind of creating a product market fit there. There's obviously people with Monero and what's the one thing they want to do? They want to, if they spend it, they want to essentially spend it anonymously, right? Mm-hmm. That's the most ideal way. 
so any any bridges that can be created towards that end, I think, will be adopted. So it uh, looks like you're you might you might have hit on something here. What um what is your what can you tell us about yourself? Like what is your background? How'd you get get into Monero? Why are you building this? Have you worked on other crypto projects? Oh yeah, well. How I got into Monero is probably as a, a lot of people, it started with Bitcoin, which I, I went to a, like a math and science high school. So my actual physics teacher was mining Bitcoin in our school's closet using the, the school's energy, which is, <laughs> ended up not being too wise an idea. But then I've, over time going to school and studying computer science, you just learn more about Bitcoin. It kept coming up. So I, I read Mastering Bitcoin by Andreas. And from there I was sold. So I started my, um, I guess, cryptocurrency career in Bitcoin, eventually found myself in Monero due to the Bitcoin's obsession with, in my opinion, like speculation. So Monero has more of a use case, which being a, a tech guy, I like things that can actually be used to promote privacy versus things that are just mainly used to store value. So that's, that's, how, that's how I ended up with Monero. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, and what, what were some of the other projects you, you've worked on for, for crypto? Oh, um, well, the first one was like a multi-signature Bitcoin wallet. So the, I, this was like, I want to say like two years before you, um, Casa was launched, if you're familiar with them. Yeah. It was pretty much like you would have a multi-signature Bitcoin wallet and then you would use a Ledger, Harbor wallet, Trezor, and a cold card to distribute your funds across those, which you could do in Electrum, but it was really not user-friendly. So I pretty much made a, a app that put all those together and gave you like different tutorials, different guides, things like that. And that was really cool. Very complex. It took me like, Six months, eight months to um, build, and I've built other projects since then also. Amazing, man. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> how old are you? Pretty busy. You don't I know. Pretty busy. <laughs> how old are you? Like, what's oh, yeah. Name? I'm 27, approximately. Dude, awesome. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Done a lot. Done a lot. I love it. <laughs> and now, you know, now you're, you moved over to Monero, and I, mm-hmm. I, I think you created a, a, ni- a nice little project there that's the ecosystem. What is uh, kind of your ultimate vision for Anon, where do you see it headed? Is it going to continue just, you know, being this concierge service? Where, where do you see things going? Where are you, you getting mean like started? in the next couple of months, in the year, or like what? Like what yeah, I guess overall know? vision, overall vision for, for the project. Uh, well, hopefully eventually my business doesn't exist because people, vendors actually accept Monero. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, like, I know it's a weird thing to say that hopefully you don't exist one day, but hopefully everyone accepts Monero and it becomes a standard and you don't need a service like mine. But in the short term, until that hopefully eventually happens, it will be like a, like a private, um, purse.io that allows, that matches people who want Monero and people who want to spend Monero, essentially. Cause I love it. it has a great experience, like a great user experience, but I think Monero is better fit for that market because people actually spend Monero and then right. yeah, yeah. Cause, cause purse.io is only obviously it's it started off it's kind of one of the first bitcoin mm-hmm. uh apps right that got got, got traction yeah and, and if you want to explain to those who don't know i mean it's basically a way it's a two-sided marketplace right so you could come on there and you could essentially um buy things anonymously with Monero through Amazon and you're finding somebody who's willing to go buy those Amazon goods for you. Mm-hmm. And then you're sending them your, you know, your Bitcoin and then, you know, you're getting the goods sent to your address. Uh, and in exchange, that person basically got Bitcoin paid Bitcoin to go do that, that task. 
Um, right? Does that, does that cover per se? Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. The, yeah. the ecosystem. And so it's, it's Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash is used on there. Monero would make so much more sense because yeah. people actually like spending Monero and now they're, you know, there's a use case there. They're buying their goods anonymously like Monero as opposed to something that's traceable like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. How, how private is Purse.io? I mean, could, do they, oh, do they even really kind of focus on that aspect or? I would, I would say no, because fundamentally you need to have the way they work. You need to have an Amazon account and you need to make an, um, Amazon wish list. So it's, so Amazon knows exactly who you are and what you're doing. They don't specifically know that you're trading Bitcoin, but there's a record of the transactions, what, what was bought, where it was shipped, pretty much all that metadata. And they do a, it's even, I would say even worse for the shopper because they collect all information about the shopper, what you're buying. So it's pretty, pretty, oh, wow. I would say not private. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I didn't realize I've never used it. I thought they, yeah. they did it in a way where the shopper, cause somebody else, right? Like if I want to go whatever, mm-hmm. buy five items off of Amazon. So I'm picking those five items, but I'm not actually making the purchase. I'm just then telling somebody else to go buy it. Mm-hmm. So how does Amazon then know that I bought it for purse that purse that I own knows? Yeah, well, Purse.io and Amazon does because the way Purse.io, well, it sort of goes up to the the situation with like uh, moderating trades. The way that Purse.io moderates trades is that they require the person wanting to buy something, they require them to have an Amazon account and make an Amazon wish list. So you pretty much make a wish list and then, so the shopper doesn't see your account, like your address to deliver the items to, they pretty much go in their account. Oh, the person wants like a jacket or a shirt delivered to this wish list, so they'll purchase from your wish list. Which hides the shopper's address or the, which hides the person who wants to buy something's address from the shopper, but pers- um, but Amazon.io, oh sorry, Amazon knows your address because mm-hmm. they require an account. Well, personally, requires you to use an account mm-hmm. with them. And they don't, they, they used to allow Amazon lockers, but they don't allow Amazon lockers anymore. So how do you see it playing out in, in your version? How are you going to uh, solve those issues, make it more, make it more private? Like what? Oh uh, yeah, um, make it more private. Yeah, well, we can make it more private. I would say, if we, if we step back, the reason they were, I would say the biggest threat actor to privacy is going to be like the KYC that prevents uh, scammers, essentially. So the only way to ensure that both sides aren't scammers is to either have KYC or to have a, like a bond required. So I imagine having, when you shop for something, in order, instead of knowing who you are, I don't care who you are. All I care about is that you're going to participate in this system and not try to hurt people. So I require you to put like a ten dollar bond, ten dollar bond up in, in Monero, mm-hmm. and pretty much each side requires a bond. So that way, I don't, I don't, I don't need to know who you are. I just need to make sure that you actually follow the rules of the system and, and deliver the Monero and the product. Awesome. And yeah. then, so as a buyer, somebody who's looking to shop, you know, buy mm-hmm. Amazon products, effectively, it'd be kind of the same kind of workflow that you have. So you're just posting the links to the things that you want purchased. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then the only change now is going to be that you're required to put uh like a $10 Monero deposit down. That mm-hmm. way it just ensures that you're not going to try to like claim you didn't get the item, claim you didn't do any of these other things. So I don't need I don't need to know who you are, which is different than Purse.io. Right. And then on the other side of the marketplace, somebody's going to – people will see those items that mm-hmm. people want purchased, and then they can jump in and make that purchase for them yep. on their personal Amazon account, right? Mm-hmm. And then how do they know what addressed? Oh, the, the, and then they're sending it to the locker. You're going to. Yeah, that's an option. It's up to you. We offer two yeah. services. 
the lockers, the locker service and the concierge service. So you either deliver it anonymous to an Amazon locker, but there are also restrictions, right? On that, it's like size restrictions. Right. So we also deliver, um, allow a concierge service, which is shipped to your address if you choose that. There are different options for you. And then in the con, so in the concierge service option, um, so then who know, you know, as the, as the service, Anon Shop will know obviously the address that mm-hmm. these things are being sent to. Uh, and that Monero is used to buy them, but you won't know who that like who owns that address, yeah. like who lives at that address, because you ha- you don't have any of their identifying information. And then the the, sh- the person that made the purchases on Amazon, they don't know anything, right? They have they weren't given any address at all. They were just making a, you know, they're just buying the the whatever the Nike sneakers on Amazon, and they're where are they sending it to? They're they know the address that it's getting sent to. Yeah, they do. Um, unless you want to go and make an Amazon wish list, which is what Press.io does. So right. mainly the way I see it is like you can have fully anonymous with, with some restrictions or you can do a little more convenient with no restrictions. Okay. Give, give the user the option. Yeah. What privacy level they want to use. Very cool, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got something there. Awesome. Any, anything else you want to, you want to mention about it? Um, no, you've, you've asked really engaging questions. Thanks for having me on asking really good questions. Um, nothing comes to mind right now. Cool, cool, cool. I think are are you are you available to hang around a little bit because we could oh. jump in, yeah we could jump in the chat. Um, I'm sure some people in the chat might have a few questions, and then uh, we'll see where the conversation flows from there. Of course, it always flows somewhere. Yeah, it always flows somewhere, <laughs> and it been, continues on forever. The, uh, <laughs> as Sunita makes our breakfast, I in like the move along. Hey, <laughs> I go get my daughter. Kind of still half in the chat. Um, have you been following the ordinals? Oh, oh yeah, that's it's just that's really interesting because it, I feel like it's a coming around for Bitcoin for different reasons. Because if you know Bitcoin's history, like Vitalik, who started Ethereum, left because they um, Bitcoin essentially didn't want those things on the network. Which is so funny that like NFTs are now come full circle. Bat went to Ethereum, they came back to Bitcoin, which is it's just an amazing story, yeah, right? <laughs> Cherry, cherry on the top, right? Um, all right, man. Let's let, let's move over to the spaces. So we'll we'll close that over here. We'll see you mm-hmm. in the spaces. Come right. Awesome. We'll do the yeah, let's do it. Stage. Just do viewers on stage. There you see go. You in 30 see you in a second. Yeah. Transition over. Um, just uh. We're gonna make you a co-host over there. Yeah. Okay. Over there. Okay. Cool. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All right, guys. Here we go, Raphael. Let me add him as a speaker. Anon Shop, you should be added as a co-host. Raphael, what's going on, man? Yo, what's up, what's up? <laughs> hey, how are you guys? There's the energy. Bro, are we going to mint them Monero NFTs on BTC or what, guys? Ordinalswallet.com, baby. Let's get it done. Let's get it what's, done. Don't censor me, bro. What, what's your Bitcoin take on all this? Fucking trying to censor me, bro. They're trying to censor me on the Bitcoin blockchain. How fucked up is that? What's so, wrong with uh, these people? What the fuck is wrong with these people? The valid transactions that follow the rules of the game. They want to censor me again. They need to stop with that shit, man. What's up? What's going on? They even said, you know what they said? Uh, Luke Dasher said he wants to move away from proof of work if this continues. Oh my God, they're falling <laughs> apart of it, man. Yeah, bro, Monero's apart. king. What's up? Everything that they want is in Monero. So we got to, everybody in the Monero community has to simply follow the rules of Bitcoin 
and mine yourselves some Monero NFTs, baby. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you think this ultimately means for Bitcoin? I mean, obviously, ordinals isn't going away. It's going to gain adoption. Where do you see this headed? Okay, so to be completely honest with you, BTC is a boomer world, and they have boomer mindsets. The truth is, is that they never wanted to build on chain. They never really understood what Satoshi gave us. Okay, that's the honest truth. They are dependent on externalities to the blockchain so if anyone wants to use any of anything that satoshi actually gave us on the blockchain they are gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna fucking trip out because their agenda is to move you away from bitcoin have you noticed that they don't want you to actually use the blockchain that's the truth in btc they want you to be dependent on externalities outside the blockchain and so that's really fucking evil and fucked up when developers from bitcoin come to bitcoin talk to monero talk and start start infusing the Monero mine with the stupid rhetoric that we heard in BTC. Oh, you guys are too dependent on miners. You guys should run Raspberry Pis under your pillow and sleep soundly at night. What the fuck is your Raspberry Pi doing now when I'm posting NFTs on the blockchain, on the BTC blockchain? Ain't doing shit. That's right. Because you can't extend the ledger. So you're talking about people that it took them eight years to realize that the Lightning Network will not and will never work. Whereas people in Monero... Like, um, what's the Spaniard guy, Sanchez, uh, the guy that the PhD from Purdue, they told us from the jump, Monero contributors told us from the jump, they just look, logically speaking, Lightning Network will never work. It took us literally less than six months and for the verification to happen from like actual scholarship behind it. And we already knew that the Lightning Network was a dead end. To depend on externalities is stupid. And it took these guys eight years. Okay. What the fuck is really going on here? I don't know. I'll let your imagination run wild. But the truth is, is is that if you're not building on-chain, open source, and interoperably, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, and, and whoever thought that the role, the, the, that the path to embracing everything Bitcoin and Satoshi gave us, the totality of the Bitcoin design, all of the opcodes, not just the coin aspect, but also the bit aspect of Bitcoin, its computational power. Whoever thought that road was going to be easy and that you were going to be embraced by big tech and have murals for Jack Dorsey at Bitcoin conferences, you were naive and you were dumb and you were led astray because what Bitcoin really is is something a lot bigger than what the small blockers try to sell you. And that's the honest truth. Honest small blockers went to Monero a long time ago. Guys that really wanted digital gold and digital cash understood from the jump that they needed to start anew with fungibility as, as their goal. And in, in that beautiful honesty, right, that we have what we have in Monero. But, you know, if you want to play this game of like pretending to be decentralized, when in reality you have a group of central planners dictating how the protocol is to be shaped or what transactions to even process, then we're, we're having another conversation. So, no, this is a great thing that's happening in Bitcoin history. A lot of people are waking up to what us big blockers knew. From day one, um, I love Crypto Bear, right? What in his in his in his song, right? You know, I I got banned on Reddit for wanting big blocks. When then the hackers start giving TED talks, right? I love that yeah. line because <laughs> Crypto Bear and me, man, we're in the same team, bro. I got banned from Reddit. I got like censored all over by Bitcoiners, quote unquote, right? Like what the fuck, right? Like so, um, no, dude, this is amazing and um. This is amazing for everyone in crypto because it's 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 uh, showing that the emperor wears no clothes. It's showing that what's really happening here is that um, there was a coup 
that literally Bitcoin was um, they try to keep us away from Bitcoin's computational power using a libertarian rhetoric to pretend like they were going to be able to turn the Bitcoin protocol into a privacy coin, which will never happen. And that was the lie that like led the whole crypto space astray. And in developing all of these fucking shit coins, which could were never necessary. Monero arguably was necessary, right? Arguably because, you know, you needed to start from a solid foundation of complete fungibility and privacy. But we never needed all this shit coin market. It could have all been experimented on on the Bitcoin blockchain itself. And guess what? We're doing it right now. It's costing me to mint a programmable NFT one three hundredth of a penny at this moment. So you're telling me you're telling me the Bitcoin protocol and all the opcodes that Toshi gave me are not to be exploited with and not to be played with? Like, who the fuck are you to tell me what spam on the blockchain is? Who the fuck are you to tell me what a valid transaction is or not? Who the fuck are you to tell me if a transaction goes through, it's mined by a miner, and there's and both parties agree? Stop interfering with the free market, dude. Stop getting in the way of productive capitalists and limiting their productive output. Like they did with, oh, dude, you can only mine so many, you know, megabytes per block. That's bullshit, bro. That's like telling Chrysler they can only, uh, you know, put out like uh, 20,000 cars out of the assembly line per year. Stop being a fucking communist. Straight up. Let the market figure out how many is enough in every aspect of the game. We don't need central planners, guys. I love it, Raphael. I, I mean, it's more obvious that you've been saying these things forever. I've been saying it forever, but I think uh, it's more obvious than ever right now. Anybody who didn't really kind of understand these narratives, it's it's very much in your face right now. How did how did it initially happen, man? Do you have insight? Is it like how did how did the kind of the the coup take place where Bitcoin became all about building a second layer of essentially fiat on top of the Bitcoin protocol? Like Mastercard in 2015. Um, Pretty much funded uh, Digital Currency Group. So you can look if you guys really want to follow. It's all there. Go to Crunchbase.com, right? Crunchbase.com, and get yourself a pro account. See, the thing is, that I come from the background of venture capital. I was in charge of helping source capital for all the early Bitcoin startups. So my world has been understanding where the money goes and where the money comes from, right? So I'd highly recommend all you guys, especially in a post-FTX world, to get a Crunchbase account. Actually, a lot of the information is free. Just go on Crunchbase. And just follow who owns what on Crunchbase, right? And follow that chain, per se, of, of uh, ownership. And you'll see that a lot of the faces that you see as managing partners and owners and whatever are not really the shot callers. The real shot callers are what they refer to as the limited partners, the money, the, the, porf- the owners of the portfolios behind these entities. Follow the money. You'll see what's really happening. You'll see, you'll see exactly where all of this comes from, you know? So it's not like, yeah, I'll leave that to your discretion. You guys need to verify that for yourself. I know everybody here is extremely smart. Just get on Crunchbase and start doing research. You'll find it for yourself. It's it's uh, it's it's obvious. Once you start seeing where the money goes, you start seeing how Silvergate owns MicroStrategy and blah blah blah, and it, it just makes sense, dude. So Mastercard really pretty much runs the game right now. Yeah, I got I got to do a good show on that. Maybe. You could tell me uh, some good people to talk to. Never really did kind of a deep dive. Always, always like hint at it and talk about it, but never did a deep dive. Bro, look, the best way to do is not to just have someone on your show has done the research. To be completely honest, you need to, you know, there's a lot of great researchers within Monero themselves. Just tell them to fire up Crunchbase and do the research themselves, right? 
Because it's like it's like in the world of philosophy, right? If you just give someone like the the conclusion of an argument, right, of a syllogism, you know, you've never did philosophy with that person. You have to walk them through it, right? So in order to really understand these things, you have to walk yourself through it. So, dude, there's many Bitcoin historians out there, and the Bitcoin historians that will tell you these things are pretty much others a giant as propaganda machine against them. So, you know, they're they you know like. Good old communist Stalinist tactics, they attack people, right? They don't attack arguments. So you're going to get that. You're going to get a lot of the people, like the Kurt Walker Juniors of this world, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be people whose, whose name they're going to smear even more. Um, so it's just, it's just the name of the game. The best thing to do is to do the research yourself. And it's really simple, guys. Crunchbase.com is your best friend. So Rafa, so how would you, how would you define Monero and how would you define Bitcoin? Uh, what, what are the, you know, what, we know what Monero, Monero is going to be digital cash. What it, what is Bitcoin? What is it? Yeah, so, so yeah. So, um, Monero is the ultimate manifestation of cryptocurrency proper. Everything built is on chain, open source and interoperably to lead you towards the perfect platonic form made manifest through mathematics of what money is. Okay. With all the monetary properties of what money should be. In a digit, in the world of digital finance, modern digital finance. That's Monero. So Monero is cryptocurrency proper in its most incredible manifestation, right? Uh, Bitcoin is another animal. So the money aspect of Bitcoin was the fuel that Satoshi gave Bitcoin in order for it to grow, right? But it wasn't the end in mind. It was a means to an end. The money aspect of Bitcoin, the coin aspect of Bitcoin was given from Satoshi as a fuel because Team Satoshi or he or she, whatever they knew, that this marvelous invention was not going to get funded from outside. It had to get its fuel from within. Okay. So that's one aspect of the monetary aspect of Bitcoin. But Bitcoin in itself, if you really want to understand Bitcoin, you have to move beyond the bits aspect of Bitcoin and start understanding the computational power of Bitcoin itself. In order to embrace that computational power of Bitcoin itself, you have to understand that the strip size, it, it can be unlimited, just like the block size can be unlimited. And when you use the same Bitcoin protocol at scale, you realize that Bitcoin's in reality a marketplace for everything on chain. Okay. Let me break it down for you. How does, how do you operate with this on chain market? You build on chain interoperably in open source. You're actually, uh, I wrote this down. This is, I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop the bomb right now. Are, is this being recorded? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go I'm going to give you guys the key to hyper Bitcoinization right now. And hyper Bitcoinization is literally two, two weeks away if we want it. If we want it, hyper-Bitcoinization is two weeks away, ladies and gentlemen. It really is two weeks away. If we want it, if you reach for it, it's two weeks away. We can scale the original Bitcoin protocol to, to a, over 100 million users in less than a month and outsurpass ChatGPT. And I'm going to give you guys the, the hack. You guys ready? We can live in a post-hyper-Bitcoinization world in two weeks. You guys ready for this? Ready. This is fire, guys. Get ready for this shit. <laughs> you guys ready? I'm gonna give this one. <laughs> All right. So how do we how do we build? Well, this is a formula for hyperbitcoinization. How do we build? You build on chain. Everything has to be on chain. Okay. No dependencies on any externalities at all. On chain. Everything has to be open source. Okay. Even the code. It'd be wise to put the code on chain. Why do you want to build open source so that we can leverage off each other's success? No business built on the Bitcoin blockchain will ever outlive Bitcoin. Get that through your head. So no corporation, no corporate structure will ever outlive Bitcoin. What this means 
is, is that Bitcoin in itself is the manifestation of triple entry accounting, which does away with the corporate structure that comes from dual entry accounting. That's boomer mindset. Nothing will outcompete the Bitcoin blockchain itself. Everybody works for Bitcoin and they don't even know it yet. So Bitcoin is a new internet per se, if you want me another definition for Bitcoin. So everything built on Bitcoin since it's open source and on chain is obviously interoperable. Okay. Everything built on the Bitcoin blockchain needs to be interoperable. Okay. So what is it that we're to build? The apps that contain these three prerequisites, these following prerequisites. I'm giving you another following prerequisites for the apps to be built on chain. Are you ready? Number one prerequisite that all of these applications need to have is the dopamine addiction of social media. And you have to have that dopamine addiction combined with the experience of an on-chain of a of using a crypto exchange. Okay. Number one prerequisite. That's right there. So it's addiction of social media plus the experience of using a crypto change. A crypto exchange, right? Number two, open order lock to create an on-chain exchange for these applications. An example of this is seen on the Daryl blockchain with the Daryl NFTs, um, where there is it's an on-chain exchange. So we no longer trust third parties or any externalities with our exchanging. The exchanging in the free market will be done on-chain from now on. Okay, that's part of the hyper Bitcoinization. That's why we need to scale on chain. Okay. Now, in order to do this, um, now I think that's, that's pretty much all I have to say there. Okay. Third aspect. Okay. So, um, you have any questions there? Cause those right there are, 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 are big. Two, those are just two of the prerequisites of what to build. All right. I already told you how to build, how to build is on chain, open source, interoperably. What to build, which is you have to have the dopamine addiction of social media plus the order plus plus that experience of exchanging goods on an on a on a crypto exchange but now we need the order lock open for on-chain exchanges like exper- experienced in Daryl NFTs okay so we don't ever have to trust if the exchanges of the future have our money in reserves every block of time we can verify reserves okay and we can use zero knowledge proofs to like you know Verify that right there. If you guys are interested in this and what's happening within the uh, original Bitcoin protocol development, I suggest you, you research recursive zero knowledge proofs and the, um, so, so Bitcoin has a programming language, which is like the Bitcoin virtual machine that they never wanted us to use, which we're using now. Yes, renegades like me do exist. And this is called the Bitcoin script. And we don't talk about smart contracts in Bitcoin land. We talk about computing script. And the, and the script computational size can be unlimited. It's unlimited, infinite. And on top of that, we have, um, we're now working with, uh, zero knowledge proof smart contracts and you can see it on S, script. So S script is the solidity counterpart to, um, Ethereum, uh, uh, smart contract language. The Bitcoin smart contract language is called S script. And now there's there's also a solidity to S script transpiler where everything from Ethereum can move can be moved to the original Bitcoin blockchain design. And there's also TypeScript, which you can like literally uh, write code in JavaScript and you know move it to S script. So if it's all there, baby, I'm telling you, we have this shit's done. Hyper Bitcoinization is two weeks away if we want it. Okay, so recursive zero knowledge proofs uh, is also something that we're using. And 
within the Bitcoin blockchain since it scales parallel and it's not based on it's not the account based model where the whole state changes, the global state changes of the blockchain. Satoshi's design is superior with the UTXO model where we can run where the whole global state doesn't change. And let me explain this to you guys. So in a nutshell, um, the account based model is like owning a, a a bus station. And every time you get more passengers for your bus company, you build a bigger bus. That sounds pretty dumb, right? That's, that's, that's the, that's the analogy of changing the global state. You just have, you just keep building a bigger bus. That's really dumb. The UTXO model that Satoshi gave us is a beautiful design that mirrors what, how big tech scales, which scales not vertically, but horizontally in parallel, meaning that when you get more passengers, what you do is, is that you just buy more buses, right? So we can have, it's infinite scaling in Bitcoin's original design. You just add more miners to the network. That's it. Okay. What, when we have parallel scaling, we're capable of experimenting with all types of zero knowledge at the same time. ZK snarks, ZK starts and bulletproofs are on the original Bitcoin design at the same time to create different applications that use different types of zero knowledge. At the same time, we are using recursive zero knowledge proofs. I highly recommend you guys read, uh, all of it. It's already done, which is, um, it's having a proof within a proof within a proof onto infinity, right? And all you need is the last cryptographic receipt. Very similar to like a recording contract, but using zero knowledge. Um, that's already happening. Okay. Applications are being built right now. And if you go to scrypt.io, S-C-R-Y-P-T.io, there is even a tutorial on how to program using recursive zero knowledge on how to, um, on how to program a, build a battleship game on chain, which is cool. So, all right. So the third prerequisite. So we have what to build, right? The dopamine addiction of social media combined with the experience of using a crypto exchange. We need the order lock open to create an on-chain exchange. And the third is it's uh we need to rank content on the Internet using proof of work. So, you know, how Michael Saylor talks about Bitcoin energy and all this bullshit. Oh, it's, it's you know, it's finance wrapped around in energy. Well, guess what, fucker? You can also do that with all content on the Internet using Bitcoin's original design. You can you can wrap all data, any type of data using Bitcoin energy. And what we have discovered is that we can have an upvoting mechanism that is the counterpart to all this AI bullshit. So AI, ChatGPT is nothing but noise creating machines. That's all they're doing, creating more noise. Bitcoin proof of work shows us how to get honest signals because Bitcoin in itself is a is honest. Like the Satoshi always says, honest proof of work, honest nodes, honest miners so it's this honest energy the most provable form of waste on the planet bitcoin energy itself that we can use as an upvoting mechanism to drown out all of the stupid noise of the internet and listen to the smartest of people so it's the most civil attack resistant upvoting mechanism on the planet and it's already been designed and created with the boost api um, I can get more into that, but it exists right now. You, you are you are on fire today, man. Bro, because uh, this is my life, bro. I fucking love Bitcoin. I'm a Bitcoiner, bro. I'm a big blocker of Bitcoiners. Dude. I've been, Listen, I've been man, looking on this shit. Hold on, I'm not going to stop us. Bro, you're not going to stop us. Rafael, What's up? You, you, you're coming to Monerotopia, right? Are you kidding me? Of course I am. But here, bro, I'm not done, man. I still got to tell you how we're going to execute hyper-Bitcoinization. Because no, what I'm saying is maybe, maybe you want to give a presentation there, man. On, uh, bro, I'm giving you a presentation account, everywhere. But the thing is, is that I can't – no, no. This is the, that's, the, that's the boomer mindset. You can't think like that, okay? No and presentation. You, you can't think like, oh, I'll go to this conference and that conference. No, bro. All we need 
is for one killer app that uses all of these constitutive factors that I'm giving you right now to be built and we will have a more a faster rise than GPT, uh, chat GPT. It's going to be crazy, but it, we, we just have to fucking do it. I'm giving you guys the keys right here. Okay. This is how we execute everything I told you. So you must, so chat GPT was funded. The reason why I got over a hundred million users in a month is because they, they funded the, the use of it. They can't give you chat GPT for free forever. They just can't, you know? So again, in Bitcoin's original design is costing us one three hundredth of a penny to mint programmable NFTs on chain. That means that we can easily community fund the um, minting for people to come in and use everything that I already told you, by the way, on what to build, our, number one and two, that's already bit created. It's called Club Relay. Look it up. It's fucking amazing. Um, so we're, we're almost there, actually, guys. We're actually really fucking close. Um, All right, let, just let, letting let's, you guys know uh, you can be part of it. So, let's let, so you, you know, this is, this is good stuff, man. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm saying come down because you're, you're, you know, you're throwing out a lot of information there. So that's the same. If you want to present uh, on this it, information needs to get out. Totally, I need to totally give you two, two more executional strategies, right? Fire. Whatever you're saying is crap. Don't embarrass me. All right. So let's, let's see what this guy's got to say. This has to get out on the ether, bro. Okay. The minting has to be the posting. Okay. And. Number three, bidding happens automatically for digital assets owned on chain with optional anonymity features. And how does this look like? Think of a, what's, what would be like, if you start thinking about the UI, UX of this application or these applications, it would be block explorers as marketplaces where the chain of digital signatures show the chain of ownership and the cost of bids at the present moment. And that's it. I'm done. All right. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's let, uh, Aeon say some words here. Response. Yeah, I just wanted to push back on some things because a lot of, I mean, scaling infinite blocks, obviously, you know, chains have tried that. Bitcoin SV is trying that and there's no success in it. It's 10 terabyte blockchain. It's being delisted because exchanges can't even run a node to, to run the network. And I mean, Ethereum back in 2015 was on the same thing. Like, oh, Bitcoin's, you know, restricting the block size. We're going to scale properly. And now what's Ethereum doing? They're going to ZK rollups. They're going to side chains because you, there's no infinite scaling. You can't, it's, you can't have that. I already explained that uh, uh, Ethereum uses the account based okay. model and I gave you the analogy of the bus station. So they, they will SV, never scale. Any other chain, SV doesn't scale either because it's centralized. If you can't run a node, I have to trust someone else's node. And then beyond that, how do you solve the block propagation problem? Just sit so the back bigger and watch. Blocks get, the bigger blocks get, the longer it takes to propagate them around the world because, you know, energy and information takes time to move around the world. And so the longer it takes to propagate, the more likely it is of a chain split because the whole point of these networks is to coordinate people and keep them in consensus as quickly as possible. And if you don't have that consensus happening quickly, there's splits in the network. And so if you have 10 gigabyte blocks trying to get mined and half the world has one chain, the other half the other chain because it takes 10, you know, who knows how long to, Transmit a 10 gigabyte block. How do you solve that? You don't. I mean, uh, no, I, no, I'll tell you how, how right now. Um, block size calibrated via market demand. So yes, uh, the market demand will calibrate miners that had to have more capacity to wait on miners that have lower capacity. And the mempool on big block Bitcoin is cleared every 10 minutes completely. 
and the provable weight of the miners itself sets them up to have the economic drivers to uh, to assure us that the transactions will be picked up on the next block of time. That's assuming the chain's not splitting because the half the world is on one chain, the other half's on the other chain. Every ten minutes, the hash. So your 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 argument is kind of mute because in itself, every ten minutes is a little hash war. The chain is arguably always splitting because you are incentivized as a miner to find errors in your peers. Again, this is the honest chain of digital signatures. It is not the brute force chain like other people would have you believe. It is not might means right. It is the honest chain of digital signatures. In the early days of Bitcoin mining, we would ask ourselves, what if a big government or corporation would come in with their giant computers and take over the network? The answer was always, we are the honest chain of digital signatures. We will reorganize the blockchain and we will orphan the uh, the suicidal miners that came in trying to attack the honest chain of digital who, signatures. Who, who chooses who's the legit miners and who's not legit? Who makes that choice? That's what proof of work is for, is to coordinate the system. If you don't have proof of work, you follow that back to social coordination. Well, this this is this is this is the difference is that you come from a like a Monero small blocker mindset and you think that social coordination has to happen through just like brute force of might means right. No, social coordination in Bitcoin, because now we're in Bitcoin land. In a Bitcoin land, you have to put on the Bitcoin hat on that I'm giving you, which is a Bitcoin that accepts that it is a ledger and a global truth machine and honesty machine. So what you're, the question that you're asking is not in regards to Bitcoin proper, but rather to dispute resolution, which at this moment, there is no, there's no overarching anarchist legal system on the planet. There is no cryptographic law yet. What we do have are various different jurisdictions throughout the planet that are competing with each other and being the most profitable. And Bitcoin was created to hack that incentive structure to make tyranny costly and so that, so that freedom prospers. So you have to think about Bitcoin. If, I'm, if you're talking to me, you got to think about Bitcoin the way I'm talking about Bitcoin. Otherwise, we will lose each other and pa- talk past one another. I can talk to you about Bitcoin the way you see Bitcoin, and we could agree. But if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to me, you know, I, I'm letting you know that my perspective, the big blocker perspective of Bitcoin, is different than like talking to someone from Monero or what BTC try to sell you, trying to pose as Monero because BTC is nothing that but that trying to pose as Monero. So you, you're talking about dispute resolution, okay? So you're opening yourself up to um, so yeah, literally, you'd be dumb not to open to, to realize that government law exists in a transparent well, saying, This honest you're saying, honesty, you're saying the honest chain and will will orphan the non-honest chain. I just ask who's chooses what's honest and who's doesn't. That's just is that not what we, proof of work is for. Proof of work. That's the coordination mechanism. Proof of, no proof of work. That's what they it's told you to coordinate untrusted you, parties on the same chain. Yes, correct. Correct. You're right. But the, how the coordination happens through economic incentives. OK, it's not through dictates, which is what they try to sell you in BTC. OK, it's not through central planning dictates like what's happening right now with ordinals where the, the core devs are freaking out and they're saying <coughs> that they're going to <coughs> the blockchain or even move away from proof of work altogether. OK, it and has on, to be that's some, that's some lunatic. Who cares about what Luke does? He can't even hold his own crypto. I have a question for you. I don't have a great answer for you, okay. but I asked. I want to ask what is different about BTC in the same question you asked. So like you keep your block small. Okay. You have a whole thousands of people running home nodes. Okay. Cool. 
Now on BTC, I think the top few miners are still controlling like 60, 75% of the hash rate, like three or four of them. So two of them are honest, or in your example, one of them is honest, one of them is dishonest. And uh, the dishonest one wants to act like it's the honest one and lead the uh, chain of signatures. What happens in BTC to resolve that any differently than you're concerned about BSV? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the 51% attack, essentially. Yeah, so like, th- does the other 6,000 home nodes help you prevent that, or, or what happens? Well, no, the block propagation is different than a 51% attack. I mean, the chain split can happen just without an attacker because of block propagation. So if you have 10 gigabyte blocks, the chain can split and has split because of block propagation time. And there's a limit to that, and it's the speed of light. You can't, as far as we know, you can't travel faster than the speed of light. And the more, someone did a study on it, and there's like a few milliseconds added for every megabyte that you add to a block. And so you get infinite blocks, and you have these block propagation delays. But if you have, you know, four miners in the world, and there's no one running a node, that doesn't really matter. But if I'm not running a node, I have to trust someone else's node. So why would I want to play that game? No, but right now, you run your node. Don't you still have to trust miners? Like, the miners include a different transaction. What is your home node? Well, I'm fine with whatever transactions they are included, as long as they're valid. I have no problem with ordinals. I have no problem with anything that, you know, someone pays block space for. And I'm just, numbers, I just want to make sure I can... As a number-go-up guy, which I am too, like, if you're, a BT, if you're holding BTC, which I assume you are, don't you want your blocks to be like 10 megabytes then you can have more ordinals? No, because that compromises the decentralization and the ability for the chain to coordinate. But as I mean, 10 megabytes possible. doesn't really compromise that much, right? That's fine, right? Well, there's someone wrote like an actual study on how much uh, variance or how much delay is added for each megabyte. Let's go half megabyte block. then. How about so, double huh? decentralized. What about half megabyte? That's double decentralized, no? Twice as fast. According as to some people, yeah. According to some people, it is. I mean, I'm sure there's definitely, you know, an optimal and a non-optimal. I don't think 10 gigs is the best. I don't think 500 kilobytes is the best, but I feel like that a technical level, there needs to be some kind of limit because one, it takes time for data to propagate, and two, these networks are all about coordination. Their ability to coordinate individuals who don't trust each other and keep them in consensus. And that's all human interaction is. We have governments that are coordination mechanisms. We have, you know, economic theories that are coordination mechanisms. We have all these things that are attempting to coordinate humans. Okay. You know, but are, are you are possible? You, are and you that's what Maxi? Bitcoin and, you know, Monero are. Are you a Bitcoin Maxi? No. Okay. I'm a Bitcoin Rashi. Because it sounds like gold is better. I mean, gold doesn't have like, oh, gold is good if it's like this size or that size. Like, I mean, like, this Bitcoin thing originally was supposed to be this huge world changing thing. Now you're telling me like, yeah, but like if it was like a little bit bigger blocks, it's probably a little bit less safe. Like this doesn't sound like a chain that like we can actually move, um, all the world's economy onto. So you can't what move is, what is all the world's economy onto any chain. Huh? You can't move all the world's economy onto any chain. Okay. Then what's the upside of this chain. asset? Cause it's distributed consensus without trust. It's Trust so minimize. Can, can you do distributed consensus without trust of eight billion people or just the current people? I mean, like, like to, for the number to go up, we need to get a few hundred, a few hundred million more people to you, right? Maybe I don't know. It's based on value. Value is subjective. Sure, but I want to be part maybe of the Ethereum. Value. Maybe I, Ethereum. Maybe like, Ethereum. How do I get in on this? How do you get in on it? You could do, you know, sell services for Bitcoin, create value, you know, create value that someone finds value in. Right, but like, I can't sell a $2 service for Bitcoin because the person buying my service has to pay $3. If they, I mean, 
right now you don't have to pay $3 in fees, but if you're selling a service, you could sell for dollars and buy Bitcoin, or you could... I see. I'm saying that, like... You, you're, you're, not it, like, you're not really making it mandatory to have Bitcoin. You're making it like optional. Like after I get some dollars, I can go get some Bitcoin. But Everything like, having, having, up, having like, gold is optional. It's not, you can't force people to find value. I know, it. but that's why gold is so tiny. That's why gold is 12 trillion. The economy is like hundreds of trillion because it can't actually, it's like an option that you go buy some. It's not so, like so, required. Like, so BSV costs that fraction of a fraction of a penny to use. Why is it not? you know, exploding and, and hyper DSVization. Well, because right now the utility that is being built each day, each year on the BSE network is a fraction of the value of the D utility from a D exchange delisting. So let's say like uh, exchange delist BSV that impacts the price by 30 bucks or something like that. Okay. 50 bucks. Yeah. The is last the one that delisted it did it because they can't run a node. Yeah, sure, sure. They can't run. And there's no e- economic look, incentive for them look, to some run a node. Some people can't get it up and have to take Viagra too. Like I can't help them. Okay. Like if they can't run a node, that's too bad for them, right? Um, okay. Well, then how, they can't even accept a payment for a half a penny then if they're trying yeah, to. Yeah, like you said, they have erectile dysfunction. Okay. Like I can't help them. No, they have not have ten terabytes worth of data. That's not an argument. Erectile dysfunction is not an argument. They don't have no, 10 terms no, no, the data. It means they can't get it up, but other people can, okay? Mm-hmm. So the network is continuing. It's just like so, they were seeing... So your argument is that we need to make it cheap so that you can get a half a penny and someone can sell a $2 item, but if they can't afford their own node, they have erectile dysfunction. That's, no, no, that's not an argument. Aaron, can I ask a question? How, how do yeah. you see it in the future with Monero? So as I understand, Monero has these... Um, Hold on, can you bookmark that and let uh, the conversation that we are having take the other direction that it literally is... Yeah, sorry, yeah, Raphael is breaking up a little bit. But yeah, let's continue on this thread just a little bit more with BSV and then uh, we'll we'll move on to other things. So so the the services that are offering half-a-penny payments and whatever... They are still offering that today. They're offering that at cheaper than ever before. So other people on the network dropping off um, is not affecting the actual capabilities of the network. It's affecting their capabilities. Now, they are seen as a reliable, previously seen as a reliable service in the BSV economy. Like, for example, you used to rely on Binance to use your trade, BSV. Then you relied on things like Robinhood, okay? And those things have been deplatformed. So the price is obviously weighing into every factor. And so far, the utility that's been created from these big blocks, I concur with you, is not that big a deal. So it has not outweighed the negative factors like delisting, like Craig ruining the uh, reputation, blah, blah, for now. Okay. But because the chain is still alive and still becoming more efficient every block, there will be a point in time where the the price goes up irrespective of the bad news. That's when the utility value has surpassed the, the negative value. Does that make sense? No, because value is subjective. You don't know sure, that people are going to find value in your utility. People who like the subjective <laughs> value of BSV is going to be more than the current $800 million market cap. Maybe. If that were true, then Monero would get zero because it is also painted. So the value of Monero is because of its intrinsic value and its there's utility. A, there's intrinsic utility. 
There's yes, no such exactly. thing as intrinsic is, value. There's intrinsic okay, utility, that's it. Okay, the intrinsic utility of Monero is what it gives value. If it would be just the value because of it, it's a nice name, then it wouldn't have a, a size of a value as it has now. The, 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 the utility of you using Monero in, um, let's put it not, not as, as, um, nice ways as you would be using Bitcoin or not as nice ways as you would be dollars, but really a little bit on the dark side. That is what gives Monero its, its, its value. It's, that's the utility. So even though everybody could shit on Monero, even then, People in Monero will buy Monero because they can do something with Monero that they cannot do with anything else. Do you agree with me on that one? Yeah, completely. I love okay, Monero. Okay, and okay. A- now imagine, imagine the same thing is with BSV. Everybody hates on it, but there are some things that you can do with BSV that you cannot do with anybody else. Maybe you can do it on Ethereum. People are no, doing you Ethereum. Cannot, you cannot do it on Ethereum because Ethereum does not scale because it is an account-based model. Okay, we okay. have a TSO based so, model in BSV. So basically Bitcoin. no one is going to buy BSV because it's UTXO model versus Ethereum account based model. So that is just like a, some, something, something no one that's cares value. about. But that's the value it, determination. Some people will value the proof of stake more because, or the account based more. Yeah, maybe they want to value account based more. So but, like, you, we're not going to win based on UTXO versus account. But if UTXO leads you to be able to create some kind of weird ass app, that has people wanting to use that service, irrespective of what chain it's on, whatever, but they just want to use that service, it's not possible anywhere else, and you find a product market fit, that's when it's off to the races. You, it's so far, it's just BSV has a bunch of small transactions and has big blocks, but has no has not found a use case that has gone viral. I agree with that. Well, people say the same thing about Bitcoin. It's like, oh, where's the killer app? And people are waiting for hyper-Bitcoinization, and it may never come, you know? And... Right, like, there's, there's a reason, there's a, there's a potential that it, it doesn't come because you artificially do not allow it to come by having a small block size. Whereas it hasn't come on BSV, not because of technical capabilities, but it's more like the innovators, the entrepreneurs haven't found a use case yet. If you yeah. have an infinite block size, yeah, but we know the you have all now. the same problems that I discussed earlier. But back to the back to the banning thing. I mean, Monero gets banned on all kinds of exchanges. Why is that price not falling? Monero has been outperforming Bitcoin for the past year. I That's mean, a good point. So what the, the arguments are just all, they're not valid. They're really just, I mean, the free market's going to decide it. It doesn't matter how we can talk for, you know, 10 hours oh, on the subject. Agree. The free market is going to put it all the rest in the end. And I know that as BSV is not probably not going to, you know, end up on top. Let's let uh, Anon Shop jump jump in here. Originally, it was supposed to be a Q&A with Anon Shop, but we had Raphael, and we just let the combo Sorry, go. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys is, go back to it. Which Sorry, is all good. Go no, no worries, man. No worries. Just stick around. Uh, we're, we're flowing wherever the combo goes. Cryptoverse, I was just checking out your profile. It looks like you're actually uh, in Mexico City. Are, are you coming down to uh, Monerotopia? It's like uh, around your block. Uh, only only if you buy my green coffee bean. Then. If I do what? <laughs> yeah, there we it. go. <laughs> if you buy my green coffee beans NFTs, because on PSV you can buy and sell NFTs, which is basically what 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 Raphael was talking about. Okay. On our chain, on our chain, you can buy and sell digital goods. Okay, no matter no matter how those digital goods look like, you can also do physical goods, but uh, I wouldn't advise that until we get to the limit. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I would like to. Um, uh, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. 
No, Narcopoco is like this week. Uh, yeah, Monerotopia is in May, but it's going to be in Mexico City. That's what I was asking. I oh, saw, like, I saw oh, yeah. you live in Mexico City. That's why. Yeah, yeah. If, if there is something in Mexico yeah. City, I would gladly go. Somebody would have to DM me the. Yeah, the I, I put the link is in the is in the nest. You can see it right there. It's okay. Monero, uh, Monero yeah, Rafael okay. will be there. Aeon, who's just uh, he's going to be giving a talk there. Uh, many, many others. Obviously, Monero focus, but we'll be we'll be talking about all. Sorts of subjects, I'm sure. Sure, Adon, sure, sure. Adon, sure. Adon, sounds good, man. Adon Shop, uh, take it away, man. Do you got anything to chime in here? Uh, simply about uh, my service or ordinals or block scaling. Where do you want to go? <laughs> what, what, what's good? <laughs> uh, if you if you want to throw in some commentary based on what you heard, uh, you know, kind of this this talk about you know what is Bitcoin, um, BSB commentary. Uh, if, th- if there's any response there, go ahead and you can you can chime in. Oh well, well, yeah. I'm just gonna act as a like a guess, like a marriage counselor in ways. I feel like the issue with Bitcoin is that there's no agreement on what Bitcoin is. So I feel like this ordinal issue sort of brings that to the surface, which has been bubbling up, you know, since big blocks versus small blocks versus digital cash versus gold. So that's just why I love Monero so much because there's such a clear idea of what Monero does. Like Monero is digital cash that's private, and I think this. Debate with Bitcoin is, I mean, uh, it's, it's a very complicated debate. Just, just depend upon what you want Bitcoin to be, honestly. So, I see both sides have some some merit, you know. So, I guess all I have to say about that specific issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Anybody have any questions for Anon Shop with regards to Anon Shop and what they're doing and services they're offering? Feel free to uh, ask a question about that. Shoot away. You ask me anything. You guys could uh, request if you want to ask a question. Let me let me let me jump back to Aon for a second. Aon, what what is your talk going to be on him? Uh, today sponsored fifty one percent attacks and how to mitigate and you know the risks and the benefits that you know Monero offers in in comparison to other chains. Simply because it Ooh. is UT you know the UTXO set's completely anonymous. Ooh, that's really interesting. How do you feel about um selfish miner attacks? Do you think a, a state's more likely to do a selfish mining attack or more of a fifty one percent attack? I just think it's more likely that they'll you know, regulate and license miners in their jurisdiction to enforce blacklists. And with uh, transparent chains, you could pick and choose. You know, miners can still make fees off of the whitelisted transactions, and mm. they'll be happy to do that and happy to not be raided by, you know, some government agency. And the ones, the black market miners, are going to be have a hard time because, one, you need enough black market transactions and fees to overcome that state attack. And two, you got to have the risk of breaking the law, and not everyone is up for that. And and then with Monero, you have mm. to censor everything. There's no picking and choosing, and so it's much harder to enforce because either the miner makes no fees, or you know, just hmm. the attack vector is not as. The one caveat that I see is the uh, tail emissions because block subsidy is pretty much a free reward for even a 51% attacker because the fee market is really the main deciding. Factor in terms of 51% attacks. Oh, I, could the state possibly censor Monero by saying you can only mine, tra- we will only mine transactions that, for example, have um, the name and social or serial number in the transaction, like extra info. You know, since the, the actual amounts are hidden, but can I say unless you put this transaction data in your transaction, we won't mine your blocks? Would that be a valid path? And can you put? Arbitrary data in a, a matter of transactions? Like, could I 
paste my view key with my transaction. I don't even know if that's possible. Oh, yeah, you, you can do the transaction ID. There's been some talk about getting that feature removed, obviously for various reasons, but it's still currently in the code base. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, but also I feel like it's much harder to locate Monero miners and mm. they're much more distributed and more yeah. willing to break yeah. the law because it's already kind of known as black yeah. market money. I know, yeah, I know the, the work that Howard Chu did with the random X miner really helps out Monero. It's beautiful, beautiful idea. Yeah, I equate it to, you know, everyone having a CPU is the same as like having a gun on their ship. You can't really attack a country that has open and free gun laws because you never know where there is one and you never know where there's a CPU. Oh, I look forward to your talk. Sorry, I, I don't want to, you know, no, no, give, make question. you pull the beans here, but yeah, yeah, question. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. Hey, um, what do you, what do you think about ordinals and you know inscriptions and the fact like we're already seeing um, you know controversial things being being put on saved permanently into the Bitcoin blockchain? Do you think that could potentially lead to some kind of uh, state issued censorship where miners are are mandated to do things? I mean, what what if you know valuable state information is you know stored on on the Bitcoin blockchain? I mean, just theoretically, like how, how do you see those things playing out? Yeah, I'd say the more adversarial, the better, because the, the sooner the state, you know, shows its hand, the more likely it is for the, the hash rate to get distributed. And yeah, I mean, JPEGs are cool, but I think it's a great use case, you know, for like Edward Snowden or, um, people like Chelsea Manning are trying to whistleblow and don't really have an avenue to do it. Now you can just throw it on Bitcoin blockchain and. Exactly. So JPEGs are nice, but it's also you can do you know, anything you can fit in a box to put on there. And so I think the more adversarial, the better. But ultimately, mm. what do you see that leading to? I mean, would you, do you think states will take action and then try to, you know, uh, force censorship in big, the big, through the Bitcoin mining system ecosystem? If they're smart, they'll wait until mining keeps getting more and more centralized, and then it's kind of like a reverse Trojan horse where now, like, 80% of the mining is in, you know, not right now, but in some theoretical time where they choose to strike, they wait for majority mining to be in, like, Europe, U.S., Canada, Australia, all these countries that are already allied and aligned, and then they drop the hammer. And then we're screwed because mining has become so centralized that there's not enough distributed mining. The only thing that really protects a proof-of-work network other than breaking proof of uh, most work chain is distributed hash rate and people willing to break the law. It's those two things that really keep the network secure. I mean, you can go the BSV route and say orphan this block and post it on Twitter and say this, the honest chain is, is this chain. You need to orphan this chain and go, but then you've broken proof of work. You completely gone back to, you know, social coordination, which is what we're trying to get away from because humans, you know, have biases and proof of work works because it's objective. It's an objective um, variable that you can follow based on the amount of work done. Oh, I have another question for you. And I know given your expertise around mining and censorship, do you think that it's even possible to have a censorship for free um, free cryptocurrency that relies on ASICs? Or do you think it's too late for that? Or what's your opinions on that issue? I mean, it depends how soon, I mean, how broadly ASICs are available. Because again, you can just make ASICs, you know, a a regulated item like they were trying to do with uh, cryptography in the 90s. They were making, trying to make cryptography a uh, munition. And if you used it or you know, sent it 
somewhere you could be tried with like exporting munitions to, to a state enemies, you know, of the state. But if we get to the point where you can, you know, 3D print integrated circuits and people are designing their own chips and 3D printing them, it's definitely possible that ASICs could work. And I'm glad that we have Monero as, you know, the kind of the opposite side of it where CPUs are so abundant, but ASICs aren't the best choice because again, and now that you need, you know, 220 volt or whatever to even run an ASIC, most people can't run it at their own house. So it's definitely not a plus, but I don't see it meaning like complete failure. It's just more risky. I'm so excited for your talk of Monero Topia, man. Oh, sorry. I keep asking you. I'm just, I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for your shop idea too. Cause I used to use, um, purse and then there was one that was like, was before purse. I forget the name of it, but it was a little bit more decentralized and you could buy anything on there. You could just post a link. It wasn't just Amazon and someone would pick it up and then they send it to whatever name and address you send them. And it, so it got shut down, but it was more of a open market. Like exchange or people just post stuff and people pick it stuff up. And your shop's awesome because yeah, I've always thought like, well, I'll just use Amazon drop lockers and then it's completely anonymous. So keep on keeping on, man. Thank you so much. Was the was it by any chance Brocker? Brocker, if I'm saying it right. Yeah, dude, it was Brocker. Ah, <laughs> that place was awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anybody else want to uh, jump up, say some words? Any questions for Anon or Aon? Anybody else? Guys, I think I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. Anon Shop, do you have anything else you want to uh, uh, leave I, the audience with? Oh, uh, no. Um, thank you so much uh, for having me. It's been great talking to you guys. got a lot of um, colorful characters. I'm looking forward to meeting all of you in person at Monerotopia. And thank you so much for having me again, Doug. Yeah, man. Uh, great work with Anon Shop. I, th- I think you're doing doing a great job. Uh, crypto, Cryptoverse, go ahead, man. I see you raising your hand. Oh, did we lose him? Sure. I don't know what happened. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Aon, you have anything you want to, you want to leave the crowd with? No, just looking forward to the conference. Awesome, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for putting it together. Of course, of course. Super excited to have you. Thanks for, for reaching out and uh, asking to be a speaker. Very much looking forward to your talk. Um, thank you, everybody. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, just to, to show it a bit, Monerotopia.com. Conferences in Mexico City in May. Starts on Cinco de Mayo. Is the welcome party and then two days of full days of conference six and seven. So jump on, buy your tickets. It's a hundred bucks for a general admission. If you're local, uh, we're only charging you $25 to people that live like locally in Mexico. We want to, we want to get locals out there and, uh, that's it, man. Everybody have a, have a great day. We'll see you. See you next week. Cheers. Adios. Thank you for joining us on this week's Maritopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.